0: everybody. This is, will maybe be, the weirdest episode of Frame Trap of the year, for reasons that we'll get into in just a second. But before we do, time to introduce the guest. Out there at the end, we have the lovely Michael Damiani. Hello! That was was unexpected. I liked it. And next to him, we've got Bradley Ellis. Hello. I'll be hosting you through this. I'm Ben Moore. The reason this might be the weirdest frame trap of the year. So we're going to play a little Fast and Loose with, oh. ki- kind of, I don't want to overhype it. It'll be a little bit different than what we're used to. Dude, new we got type. Th- yeah, new we type got, frame trap. We got some new things in. The reason we're playing Fast and Loose is we're shooting this uh, less than a week after we shot the last frame trap. And so there's... We'll, there, we'll, there'll be some new games that we're talking about, uh, but because of the holiday season, the schedule has been a little bit squished, and so we don't have a bunch of new games or a bunch of in-depth new impressions to mm-hmm. give you, uh, because it's, it's just been so close, we haven't had time to get to all of those things. Uh, but hopefully, some of the new stuff will make up for it. Uh, before we get into things, though, let's set up the tone a little bit, and okay. I want to tell you... All right. A story of mine that I went through yesterday. I decided to do some Christmas shopping. Oh. And I wish I hadn't waited as long as I did. I always I always wait way too long to Christmas shop. And, like, I put an order in for something. It didn't go through. It glitched out. Had to put in another order. But I got charged for both. Oh. Had to call customer service. And they're like, yeah, it'll take care of itself. And I'm like, oh. Okay, mm-hmm. I hope that's right. Mm-hmm. Don't trust um, that. <laughs> and, like, I love Christmas. I do. I'm not I'm not this Grinch that doesn't enjoy Christmas and doesn't enjoy being with friends and family. No, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Just don't like shopping. It, it just makes me anxious, man. Really? Yeah. Dude, I, know, I love it. I, I would love it, I guess, if I could feel more certain about it. But I've got some people in my family where they're like, oh, get me whatever. <laughs> oh, okay. And then I'm like, ah, uh, Yeah. What? No, and yeah. I just it there are some people that are great at it. There are some people that are so good at gift giving and they can like read people and they'll make something or they'll do something. but I kind of get paralyzed with indecision. But Brad, you you do seem like a
1: good yeah, man. gift giver. I love the I like I just love the Christmas vibe. I'm one of those people that embraces the the chaos of Christmas. Mm. and I expect it every time so I'm okay with it when it happens. like it doesn't really bug me that much when it's just madness everywhere. Yeah, so it's cool with me gifts usually not too like i have to kind of like prod people for a little bit like i ask my brother every time but i'm exactly the same way and he's like i don't know i'm like oh i don't know either Oh it
0: drives me nuts so then
1: like but i always make sure to ask a little in advance so i could hear like a week later from them gotcha so, like, my brother does the same thing to me, though, too. So, like, I'll ask him what he wants, and he'll ask me what he wants. We don't know. A week later, may- maybe have an idea or something
2: like that. So you
0: got to give him time. I have to prep in my family. Okay. Hi. Damiani, is your family pretty easy
2: to shop for? Yeah. Um, I usually get a Lucky... My mom usually sends me a text message with a, kind of a list of what to get certain people in the family Ooh. to make it easy, just because I have to... I got my two brothers, and then... They're they're both married, so I gotta get like gifts, you know, for Mm -hmm. each of them as well. Right. And then my middle brother has two kids, so I gotta get like gifts for the kids now and stuff. So my mom just sends me a nice text message, usually about like a month to six weeks out, saying, Oh, they would like this, they would like this, they would like it's so easy. Good. And over the time it's like gotten like even easier. It's just like Yo, just get this like get the golf balls for dad again. Like just just get the Starbucks gift card for the so and so and just get, you know, just get Gap Kids cards or whatever. It's like super it makes it so easy. So, I don't for the last several years I haven't had to go through that hassle, but I do remember times, Ben, when it was driving around the stores yep. trying to get stuff and like parent like someone would just be like, "You know, get me whatever, you know, you know me well, get me get, what do you think you should get me?" I'm like don't oh, tell me that. No. I'll get your Lego set. Don't tell me that. And then you that. get them something, it's like, I think you like this. And they're just like, Do you really think I like No, they don't do that. But Dummy like honey. in my head, I'm thinking that. It's like the reaction, do they really like it or not? Uh... That that trap happened
0: to me. So okay. there was one year because normally like I I feel like they're they're like, oh, I don't know what I want, I don't know what I want, just get me this. And like it's just this song and dance. And one year My girlfriend and I were like, no, you know, we're going to get my mom something. We're going to go out and we're going to, like, try. We're going to go to different stores. We're going to think about, like, the type of person that she is and what she likes. And we put a lot of effort into it. And we went from store to store and we debated and we had conversations back and forth. And I remember when we gave it to her, like, she was being so polite. But I could tell that it just was, like, not clicking with her. Mm -hmm. And I never saw her use it, ever. Oh! We got her, like, these really... It was the, the some candle store. We got her these really expensive candles. Because it's like, oh, you know, she has candles up all the time. And she's, like, commented that she likes th- this and this smell. Never seen it used. Mm-hmm. I think it's in a box somewhere. Yeah. And so, like, she was super polite about it. Not trying to throw my mom under the bus or anything. But, like... Ever since that point, I've kind of been just like, please tell me what you want yeah, so I can make you happy so you can Dude. actually get use out of it.
1: My parents are so yeah. weird. I get my mom the same thing every year because it's the only too. thing she ever asked me. I get her like a gift certificate to a nail salon or something. Mm-hmm. That's all I've gotten her for like six years. That's all she's asked for. My dad, safe thing, always Beetle merch, anything Beatles, nice. easy for the dad. But me and my brother went a little different this year. We're getting some Beatles merch though, Rolling Stones. We got him, yeah, <laughs> Rolling Stones. We got him a sound bar from Bose. Oh, oh that's sweet. So he's sweet. gonna be hyped, dude. See, Brad, you crush it with gifts. But like, I we like a lot of times we all like pitch in for like a gift for someone. So like yeah. two people going in on one gift or something like that. Um,
0: yeah. I, the other thing I think with gift giving that throws me off, Brad, is like for most of my life. Not anymore, it's a little bit different now, but growing up, it would be like, no, the only thing I want is games. Same. I just want video games, please don't get me anything else... This is what I want, mm-hmm. and like I've just kind of Christmas has always been that for me, just because video games are my favorite thing, and like yeah. honestly and truly yeah. the only thing that I wanted. And so when people are like, "I want this thing in this field that you have no knowledge of," I sometimes yeah. I can feel like a little bit out of my element. Sure, yeah. It's like, "Hey, buy me sports stuff." And it's like, how? Like I know it's not that <laughs> that that complicated. I don't want to make it seem like it is. But, uh, yeah, just every once in a while. It can be a little
1: intimidating when you're outside your element.
0: Right. Like, anytime anyone asks me to buy them clothes, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm excited about Christmas. You guys have any big uh, Christmas plans that you're you're Uh, We always
1: do Christmas at my house. We have usually around, like, 18 or 20 people usually at our house. So, every year we do that there. So, I don't have to go anywhere. So, I'm happy at least.
0: Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um, My family all of my family is out of state and so like yeah uh my girlfriend's parents were trying to be nice and i, I we've been we've been cooking a lot more lately mm-hmm. so i we were like oh you know a good gift idea would be like knives and and that sort of thing they just sent a bunch of like cooking stuff to our house unwrapped and so it's like oh oh i guess i guess this is my christmas yeah, gift so it ended up being a little bit awkward but <laughs> It's okay. Heart free, was in the right free place. Free stuff, baby. Yeah. 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 Okay. We needed new knives. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some video games. Uh, I think just because it's been so all consuming for me and Damiani, you've been knee deep in the review, I think we should start with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, a little unknown indie game uh, from an upcomer. Hmm. Yeah, never heard of it. Uh, Nintendo, helmed by some unnamed developer. Wait, aren't they owned by Microsoft? They are not yet owned by Microsoft, but I think that'll happen. Oh, okay, gotcha. A lot of the guys at Nintendo will probably end up working on Minecraft Gotcha. you know. Typical, typical trap like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but Damiani, uh, before the show, I said, like, oh, man, I really haven't gotten your thoughts on Smash Ultimate yet because you've just been busy, you know, trying to get that review out. And so before I say anything or we get anywhere else, I just kind of want to know where your
2: headspace is with Smash Ultimate at the moment. Yeah, it's it's been a roller coaster of emotions, <laughs> to not be a cliche, but yeah. definitely sums it up very well. Uh, I think after spending so much time in that game, I have to say... It's probably the most fun and the best Smash experience I've had since probably Melee. I agree. I'm um, I, I, I liked. I'm one of the people who really was into Brawl initially, but as time went on, it didn't grow on me. It just got, felt like it was getting worse mm-hmm. uh, going back to it, and I eventually didn't want to go back to it anymore. It's like, sorry, Brawl. Time's passed. But this game, I think it does a really good job with the... Uh, first of all, it has a lot of of single-player focused content. Obviously, World of Light. Um, did not expect that to be as long as it was. Um, basically, what was your uh, final it? do you know? Uh, so 100%ing it took just under 29 hours. That and it, so uh, I was like, much. this is like an RPG. This yeah. is like an old-school RPG because I, I I listened to you guys talk about it last time uh, on, on Frame Trap, mm. and I think you nailed it perfectly that the sentiment that... There are just times... I played through it on normal. There are just times you just like breeze through. And you're just like, man, it's just, I'm just making good progress. I'm getting through. Just, just one more spirit. Just one more spirit. I'm having a good time. And like, it'll be hours later. And then you'll run into a matchup where you don't have the correct stickers. Or you're, the sticker you need is not leveled up high enough. And you just get crushed by the AI. And you I'm just left scratching my head. It's like, wait. Am I bad at this game? Did I do something wrong? Do I need to go grind? And it there were a lot of hair just wanted to rip my hair out a lot <laughs> uh at several conjunc uh, conjunctions that game um the Ashley fight I didn't have the sticker that invalidated reversing controls mm. so on that small WarioWare stage, stage kept knocking me off and I'd mm. try and recover would always oh, flip the controls then so I'd recover the wrong way and I'm like. Well, so much for that. Uh, the 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 Doctor Wily eight metal uh, Mega Man one. I still need to do that. That I've one encountered it. That but... made that made me really angry. That um, I had to leave that after about like an hour of attempts. So I was like, all right, no, I'm. That's it. I'm walking away. But uh, I really liked what they did thematically with some of the, uh, the like I guess dungeon areas is the best way to put it. Yeah, they're those warps that you warp to a different map because it's the world of light map. Um I'll leave it at that. that. That that that's like Which is already pretty expansive. It's huge. It looks to set that you'll zoom out and like, "Eh, it's not that big." And then 10 hours later, I fill in like half the map maybe. Good luck with that. But there are these spots where you warp to a different smaller map. And I think that had some of the best moments for me. Um I have to give just one example. It's early on enough. It it's there are way cooler ones after this, but they took the original Donkey Kong Country donkey kong country's first world and it's like read it's like redrawn in hd essentially and it has the music you go to the levels and it does like the little path icons that, that when you beat a spirit and the spirit fights they do such a good job of the th- of capturing the essence and the theme uh, with the spirit fights because you don't fight the model that you're seeing in the spirit these 2d images the, you, unfortunately it would take like ten years to probably make this game if they included every (laughs) model from like every game and like set up the fights accurately. But they do their best to like throw out characters and have them use a color scheme and movesets. I think the the Street Fighter fights were the best example. Oh my god. Like having green 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 Donkey Kong being Blanca and then like only using roll moves and stuff or or Meta Knight being Vega and just doing like the the dives and stuff like that was so good. And the music, like actually playing and the stage picks too, like yes. the, the like, oh my gosh. They like matched up perfectly and I just love that they did their best. Like they tried. They clearly tried, even without having like the axe and the trophies and three D models, all this extra stuff. It I can see people looking at it and being like, This is just you're just fighting things over and over again. Doesn't it just get redundant? Right. But I think you're missing that kind of like secret sauce of the effort and the love and care they put into the themes of a lot of these battles. Make it feel unique enough that you can play for hours and it doesn't get old. Right.
0: Yeah, Damiani, I I really agree with you, and I do have some criticisms of World of Light, but oh yeah, um, I think overall they did a lot more right than they got wrong, and I think the big thing in a general sense of of why that is is like when I think through the other kind of lengthy single player modes that I've played through in fighting games this year. Uh, such as Dragon Ball Fighters or, um, like, Libra of Souls and Soul Calibur VI. Uh, I think there are good ideas there, but it was... It, at the same time, it also kind of felt like the same thing stretched out over a number of hours. And so you just kind of got numb to it, and it, it, it sort of lost the excitement um, that they had early I, on.
2: I agree with that.
0: And I think yeah. the thing World of Light has going for it is seeing how creative they get with those references. Sometimes those ideas don't necessarily translate to amazing fights, but I do think both in terms of not only the fights themselves and how they get creative with how they're interpreting these spirits, but also the World of Light map. Like, figuring out, like, okay, if I go over here and I hit this switch, that opens up this section. And so I feel like the the design of it, you're very deliberately kind of running all over the place, trying to get treasure chests. You're not sure where a, a character is going to pop up that you're going to get. And so, like, there's kind of this constant surprise and excitement. Um, and even with the legendary battles, I remember the last time on Frame Trap, I think I, I felt a little bit more frustrated with them. But if you are just willing to, like, take a step back... Get some more spirits, level some things up. Um, they do become a lot more manageable, and I'm not I'm not struggling nearly as much with some of those legendary spirits. It's just, did you do you 100% of it? So mm-hmm. the uh, the Pauline fight was super annoying on the 75 meter stage, um, and I think that's where some of my disappointment comes with World of Light. Is I I won that, and there have been a couple of fights like that where I've won the battle not because I really felt like I earned it or I did cool stuff, but because the AI just had a brain fart and killed itself.
3: Mm.
0: And uh, so I feel like some of the fights, it's kind of been this lose-lose situation where it's really annoying and hard. And then when I win, I win in such a way that doesn't really feel authentic. And so you just kind of move on from that fight um, in a lame way. And I, 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 I guess that's kind of my problem with World of Light... Overall, is that there are just moments where it doesn't really feel like you're playing Smash Brothers. Like there, there's there's too many things in it that kind of take away from the central control of the of, of the characters. And on one hand, I think that's okay. I think with single player content, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be this pure one on one fighting or or four player fighting or traditional Smash. I think you can make it feel different. Um, but sometimes I think it gets so abstract that I don't know. It just it doesn't feel like the same game anymore, in a weird way. If that nope. makes sense.
2: It, it sort of does. And You know what? I like joke to myself sometimes, Ben. Like this is this is a half truth. Uh, some of those like w- like ridiculous fights, like you mentioned the mm-hmm. Pauline one, like for me, like Ashley, the Mega Man one. There are a few others. I, I deep down, I was like, is this is this Sakurai sharing his true feelings with us? Are these were these fights designed because he had pent up a bit of pent up anger at the fan base? Like he loves probably loves the fan base, but at the same time, he probably hates some aspects about like how annoying it can be. Yeah, and he, those some of those fights were just like born of like true love. I will say right. like in a nice way where it's just like, let me throw the most ridiculous situation at you. Y- you'll love it. I know you're gonna hate it, but in the end, you're gonna love it and stuff. But like. I have to express myself in some way. And, and that was like my head cannon going on with some of those fights. It's like, this is a Sakura getting his revenge because people make stupid requests and annoy mm-hmm. him and stuff. But I, I get, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I do think that definitely not every matchup, uh, is as good as like some of the others. And yeah. it does feel drawn out. And I think that's my biggest criticism of world of light is that I don't think it needed to be as long as it did. Mm. Uh, it, I got to a point where I thought I was done. Yeah. And they're like, no, you're not done. And I'm like, okay. I but I felt so satisfied at that point. I was like, I really don't need any more. Like, I feel like I've accomplished so much. I and think I put part a lot of the, time. The
0: problem with that, and I, I agree with you very much, is like I'm kind of at a point now where I have really strong spirits in each of the categories. And so the vast majority of new spirits that I'm getting are either much weaker or their uh, their support effect just isn't I, like I'm never going to use it it's just so worthless and so I think once you kind of reach that point it's less exciting getting new spirits because you're not kind of getting that constant benefit. That's so
2: true Ben I, you yeah you definitely reach that point much sooner than the end of the game where you clearly know what you're going to be using besides like the, the rock paper scissors, scissors system it's basically the assist ones are going to matter as much as like you're fighting someone metal you want metal killer if you're any kind of like floor like floors lava of ice you're yeah. going to use the invulnerability for that or you know there. are there's always going to be a certain thing you're always going to use in a situation like a stamina battle. You want like the best auto heals, so just keep regenerating health and stuff. It's if it's going to be a lot of assist trophy, trophies, use the assist. Like it, there's no not a lot of surprises after you get, I would say, probably like around the halfway point anymore. To me, it didn't feel that way. And I, I, I do think that, uh, just going along with the like the spirit management, all the stuff they throw at you, it. It, it it's it's a interesting system and I, I liked it to an extent but there just there was so many layers onto it like the dojo stuff at first is like oh this is cool but how, then when I get to like my eighth dojo I'm like okay right uh, do I really need to worry about this like I was so obsessed with leveling like getting everyone it unlocked and then like maybe figure out the meta but like ten hours in I was like I don't even care I didn't even, like mm-hmm. touch the dojos anymore I was like this isn't really doing anything for me
0: right right and you get all of these different trainers that can train you in a different style and you look at some of these styles and it's like wh- why like i don't i don't need to do this um or like sending people on an expedition for hours and then they come back with basically nothing yeah um where yeah. again you're not you're not getting a, a substantial enough benefit that be, that it's exciting or that you're looking forward to it and it's it's i think it's so easy to kind of have this laundry list of complaints with World of Light because, like you were saying, they threw so much into it. Um, but I also think that's exactly what makes it work and like why I'm having so much fun with it and why I, I feel compelled to finish it is because they threw so much at it and so much of it is so good that I think it I think it is totally worth the time. Like that Snorlax fight. <laughs> that Snorlax fight is amazing. Wait, how far into the game is that? its I don't even think it's that far. Okay. Um, and just, I don't know, man. We kind of talked about it last time with Kyle. And I do think perhaps games media has this tendency to kind of get stuck on a name that is kind of most obvious. But I, I feel like there's just this weirdness with World of Light that feels so Sakurai. Like, like warts and all, this is such a weird, bizarre thing that only he could make. Mm-hmm. Like, like, this isn't just a single-player mode. It is this weird, hybrid, RPG, sticker thing full of video game love that you couldn't get from anywhere else. And it's just kind of... Honestly, I think it has been like one of the just just World of Light has been one of the biggest highlights of the year so far for me. In,
2: in essence, I think what it did—they asked the trophies in this game, but the lore behind the trophies, like all the information—it mm-hmm. mm-hmm. was like that essence was weaved into World of Light. You're yeah, experiencing it through the fights and stuff, and the theme, like the thematic tones uh. of it. Um, and I just want to say one last thing about World of Light is the some of the best things I think it does. Some of the boss fights in there I yes. really liked. Yes. Um, I, uh, I uh, like, have everyone seen Rathalos? But like, I did, uh, I, I saw, I've fought Rathalos in Monster Games before, I did the 14 event with Rathalos. So mm-hmm. I was like, I know Rathalos' movesets. And when I went into that fight, I'm like, I reacted to his moveset. It right. fights like the real I was like, this is really good. I know it's side scrolling, but still, mm-hmm. as m- best as they could do, this is really good. And later on, I won't say what the the areas are, but they do, like, puzzle stuff, that, uh, like, to open multiple paths and stuff. Yep. Not, on, like, in the main map, but on these sub-maps. And it's some of the coolest stuff that I've, like, seen. And I I really wish they did more of that, but, like, focus more on that. But it's so good what they do. Yes. And I just would love to see more of that.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, in addition to the Legendary Spirits, it is – there is a good – Build up and payoff to the bosses because you'll you'll see like kind of a boss descend to the map and it might take you a very long time to get there. But I feel like the presentation of the fight um, and the mechanics that they utilize for each of them, it's it's funny because some of the we were talking about the legendary spirits or or just any of the spirit fights, some of them feeling like completely unfair and BS. But the bosses that I've done so far. Have all felt like pretty reasonable challenges, um, mm-hmm. where they're they're not that difficult to overcome, but they're also not entirely pushovers. Where if you, you know, just run there and try to spam attacks, you will get punished for that. And so it's it's kind of been a, a nice back and forth. Um, Damiani, wait, actually, before we move on, Brad, do you have any thoughts on World of Light that you'd like to share?
1: I've played like an hour, so okay. I don't have a whole lot of experience, but it seemed interesting to me from what I. It seemed like total video game love, which I what you guys were talking about earlier. Yeah. But like I don't think I got to any of the boss fights or anything really like that sure.
0: yet.
1: Sure. Um, Brad, question to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a
0: complaint that I've seen about World of Light that wasn't really an issue for me, but I could totally see it being an issue for others, is they're like, oh, man, I want to play as this character in World of Light. Mm-hmm. This super specific character, it's not one of the first options that you get in who knows how long it'll take me to get there is that
1: something that was annoying to you um i don't know i didn't play long enough to really get to that point like i think you unlock cloud later in it i think which i would want earlier on but i, d- I haven't played far enough to really be like i really need this character i haven't been to a situation where i was like i could really do better if i had this character gotcha so it's hard for me to tell
0: has not been an issue for you yet was that annoying to you, Damiani? a tiny like, bit,
2: yeah. Um, they, uh, I, I thought I would have an easier time with some of the battles if I had access to say, like Samus. Samus is purposely withheld until uh, a certain point in the game. You have to trigger an event. Doesn't matter which path you go. Mm-hmm. There's a certain part of the map you can't access till you've done a lot. To me. Yeah, yeah. And they, I was like, oh, that's where they put Samus. I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then I, I told. Brad, earlier before you got here, that like Bayonetta and Cloud are two the very last characters you get yeah. in World of Light, and I, I think they did it very purposely like that because those are like probably like the coolest characters. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I locked Cloud at the end, but at the same time, you've now gone through all the the story mode and you never got to really play as them. And I don't know how much replayability there is for people. um There is a new game plus just lets you redo it with all your stats and everything. I don't really see people going back and going to World of Light a second time though. Right. Um. Yeah. Don't you un? Can you choose difficult from the start, or do you
0: unlock hard mode after I you think finish? You They're all
2: available from the beginning, and you can switch at any time. Okay. And that is a, a word of advice. I would, if you're having trouble in a fight and you really want to beat it, feel free to turn it down to easy. Um. That doesn't mean it's actually going to be easy. That Mega Man battle. Mm-hmm. Try to turn on to easy still was impossible yeah. <laughs> uh they might need to recheck their balancing and some of the difficulty stuff there but other than that you know they i think they got it right
0: um i want to transition into kind of talking about uh wait and you can bring it more of the sim player content but i wanted to get your thoughts on the roster damiani mm-hmm. and uh how your experience has been online
2: okay so the roster the roster and then online you can do it whenever okay. you want this is a free like,
0: flowing podcast
2: yeah i'm curious are you more <laughs> interested about like my thoughts on like how unlocking the character process or just like the, the the roster in general like how like the characters they picked and stuff and how i feel about them
0: i i think for me uh what i'm i'm most interested in is just not only characters that i was like kind of excited before but ended up being really amazing like how well designed some of the new characters are mm-hmm. um and also okay. just changes that they've made to past characters and kind of how that's affected your opinion on them like revisiting old favorites and having them work differently
2: for sure um uh, in terms of new characters um spending more time with them so since we did our we did our tournament this week mm-hmm. uh, on Tuesday and after that, since I played, I started focusing on other characters. I I, went, uh, I read and read like who are some of the stronger characters of them. Like I want to know why they think they're stronger. Uh, Richter and Simon kept coming up as two of the strongest characters in the game, and I'm like, all right, I I've only like dabbled in them. I want to try them out, and I have to say they play very differently than anything I played before in Smash Brothers, and I really like their their the design choice they did for them. the The combination of having like. Implementing holy water, the cross, and the axe, using those to cover ground, mid, and air yes. defense. The length of the 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 whip, essentially, and then their little like flip, the dive flip that they can do from like Symphony of the Night. The Rick, kick, yeah, the side kick. Yeah, it's so rad. And you it's but it's a two button input, so you can do a fake out one, which doesn't do the attack, or you can do it finish it with the actual like kick part of it. And I I I had a really good time with it, and I now see it's like whoa, they are. I like I like this a lot. Uh, Incineroar is one that took uh, a while because I didn't understand the uh, the parry mechanic of Incineroar Builds up its smash power, and so it can. I think it's up to eight charges, and it almost one shots you if you build up your eight charges and do like a, a, like an, a smash attack. Mm-hmm. It does like uh, like anywhere from eighty to one hundred percent damage in one hit, which is insane and i was like whoa i i didn't know that i thought it was just like to reflect back or you know something like like ike or any, any of the fire emblem parries and stuff a whole different dimension. and then like the, the grappling nature of of incineroar heck they made it the zangief characters. who's that's who represented zangief yes. in the street fighter fight and i i know incineroar is slow but the move set was just i i liked it like it's like basically it was a grapple character and used people's moves against them and stuff and a lot of positioning um, in terms of like specific old character stuff that I liked, uh, I like this in general. I like that the game feels faster than the past few, since mm. Brawl and Wii 3DS Smash. Uh, I, I don't think it's quite as, nothing's going to be as fast as Melee. is insane with its speed, but I think they got as close as it is they're ever going to be comfortable going, I think, uh, without pushing out too much of like the, the average fan who just like, this is just, I can't play this. Everyone's like zigzagging around too fast and stuff. I'm not using the speed, but like the, yeah, the movement speed feels very good for classic characters. Like uh, I was playing as like, uh, as Marth, as Sheik, as Fox and, and Falco. Um, even Samus feels good. Um, I like the, the aerial lag uh, reduction. So after you do your move in the air and you land, you can do stuff quicker um, that's really nice. And I really like that about, I really like that change a lot. Um, the weirdest thing for me is some of the, 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 the smash buffering inputs is a little, like I noticed, I felt at first mistook mistaken for like latency or lag. Right. I was like, why? It's like the most notable one was donkey Kong. Someone would be in the middle of whiffing an attack and I was charging his forward a, and they would have like enough time to do it because I was used to going off really quickly. But I was like, Oh no, like it's, you got to like buffer it like even, or it doesn't let you buffer it too soon anymore. It comes, I was like, Oh crap. Like this is different and stuff. Um, so I noticed like for slower characters, it's a little harder to judge timing. Um, it's taken a while to get used to like for Bowser and Donkey Kong, uh, but King K rule. Uh, new character, love King K. Yeah, Roll. Uh, some f- fun stuff there. Tossing the crown and it coming back, just like the cross from like Richter and Simon. Fun stuff there. The gun is
0: yes one of the most <laughs> enjoyable things in the game.
2: The fact he, p- he puts on the pirate cap, he yeah. shoots the cannonball, but then he can suck people <laughs> into the gun, <laughs> and like,
0: he uh, can like you? <laughs> when you get the combo of. You shoot the cannonball at somebody, it bounces off of them, you suck the cannonball back up, then you shoot it up at an angle and you hit them both times.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Or somebody else with the the upward shot is really, really good. Um, Damiani, I'm really glad that you brought up the buffering thing because I, I think you kind of take that and then you take the the lag online and it can feel... I don't know if it's a combination of those two things or it's primarily the lag or what, but there's just been this kind of overall sensation that I felt online where it's been really frustrating getting into a rhythm because there will be times where I'm like, no, I did that. Like, I did the things, I did the inputs, but it's not coming out in time or I have to, like, completely change my timing just
2: because the lag can be so consistently terrible. There does feel... So, regarding online, I spent like a lot of time online. I've tried out both Wi-Fi and wired connections. Um, even with a wired connection... For example, Sheik, very fast character, uh, requires a lot of quick inputs to play effectively. Um, there'll be... It feels like there's like maybe a quarter second to a half a second, maybe in the worst case scenarios, during like an average match of like input latency on top of everything else... And it just feel. It, you know what it feels like? It feels like playing the game while I'm watching Elgato. Almost not quite as bad, but like there's <laughs> right. that there's that the delay. <laughs> yeah. Like it's still playable, but everything's a little bit behind. And in a four player free for all, it's not the end of the world for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm having a good time. But when it gets down to like one on one, even in those matches, or specifically get a one on one match, and you're having to fight that it's just not that not fun at that point it's just not fun because when you're doing 1v1 you're trying to win like you're not right. just like goofing off anymore you want to win and it's just a little frustrating when you know like, you, you wonder are they having the same issue is it their connection that they and are they getting an advantage because of this and they have the whole system of you, you, you if you get dc'd in a match even if it's an internet drop too many of those will penalize you Um, so if you, I mean, it'll punish rage quitters as well, but it'll punish normal people who have bad connections. I think it's, I think it's
0: like a 20 minute.
2: Yeah. It's like a timeout essentially like that. Um, yeah, they, 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 I there's been connectivity issues. I remember trying to just join quick, uh, quick matches and I kept saying there was like, oh, there's communication error. It locked me out for like five minutes because it couldn't connect to the servers for some reason. Um, the whole thing about the preferred matches, it doesn't usually pick your preferred match the more specific you get well here's a funny thing ben i wanted to do you know the whole no item stock 1v1 and couldn't get into a match so i had to do the the cued the background matchmaking thing Mm -hmm. which will force it to find you one you just gotta wait while you do other stuff and then later on i wanted to do uh I, i kept getting four player matches with that when I wanted to do four-player Chaos, like, oh, everyone's going to be playing four-player free-for-all, it kept pitting me in 1v1 matches all of a sudden mm. with, with no prefer, like, preferred off. It was like, then throwing me a 1v1 matches, like, wait, make up your mind. Like, w- w- I feel like with background so matches,
0: I've even gotten four-player
2: free, four free-for-all when I didn't want it either. It's it's just unpredictable. Yeah. I think it's the best thing to say about it, and I hope they do something about it quickly. I, I don't necessarily have faith they will. But right now, in addition to any connectivity issues, which result in, like, kind of, like, I had maybe a handful of matches out of, like, probably, like, the 100 online matches I've done that actually felt good. Like, no real latency issues. I had a good time 1v1. It was, like, legit. And then the rest had some degree of... Yeah, I could tell. Like this is, a, and it matters in a fighting game. That right. combined with the matchmaking issues, it, and you, and this is a paid service now. Right. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it's not, it's not all on Smash. Mm-hmm. It is partially Smash's fault, but it's also partly Nintendo's infrastructure online service as well. So they're like, there's bl- finger blame or finger pointing at both these mm. to to be had.
0: Yeah, it, it's especially frustrating for me because I remember. Getting, renting, because I we couldn't, didn't have any money as a child. Uh, renting Smash 64. Mm. And I remember just being so enthralled with what it was. And I couldn't believe that it existed. I couldn't believe Nintendo had a game where their own characters were fighting each other. Just through the roof excited. And I got really into it. And I loved things like breaking the targets mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Then get a little bit older with Melee. You know, it's not just me kind of living out my childhood fantasies. It's playing with friends, um, and that that was that was a game that I think was just kind of a staple. You would have people over; I'd play melee, but I didn't appreciate it like on a competitive level. Just very casual, young kid playing with friends. I remember Brawl, and I remember them saying, "You're gonna have online Smash Brothers," and kind of again having that mind blown moment that I had during Smash Sixty Four. And then, like, the very first match I played with Brawl, it was like, this is not going to work. Like, this this is unplayable. Um, And it's just so frustrating because, like, Smash Ultimate feels like it's at the finish line for me. Where I am having so much fun. I love it. I love trying out new characters. I love learning. I am... Ass at it, but I am. I'm trying to appreciate it, and I'm enjoying the process of trying to dig in, of trying to learn, of trying to get better, and understand Smash in a way that I never did before. Uh, and it's just, I feel like that effort is is a little oil and water with the the online system at the moment um, because there there are things I like about it. So there's Elite Smash, where as you fight and you rank up, you get points. Once you reach a certain threshold, you are, you are part of the elite smash group, and you'll get, like, a crown. And, cool. Um, it's just sort of uh, an indication of, like, like a ranked hey, mode? Kind of. It's just like, okay. hey, you're a really good player, and you're going to play against other really good players. Okay. And so it's kind of rewarding that effort. It's kind of rewarding that grind. And I, I think that's a good idea, but then you're placing emphasis on these points... Which is fine if you have the system to support it. But when you get into a match or you get into a four-person free-for-all and you didn't want it and you lose and you're like, man, the whole game lagged. You know, not saying that you would have won regardless, but I think just the inconsistency of the online kind of makes the process of getting or losing points really, really frustrating if that's something that you care about. Hmm, um, yeah. And no fighting game is going to be perfect, right? Like, yeah. It's not like Smash Ultimate is the is the first online game with lag. It's just... For a game that feels so considerate and thought out and meticulous in a lot of other details, online just feels super basic in a way that... Yeah, it
1: feels basic and behind in ways that don't really make sense to me. Like, I'm getting PS2 vibes
2: from you talking to me about this.
0: (sighs) I I don't know. I don't really know what to say about it. I just don't... I don't understand.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I think if you're looking for some kind of, like, competitive angle to this, to, like, train or something like that, it's not where it needs to be by any stretch of the imagination. And I, most people are just going to use like quick match to like just jump in and do stuff, and they'll probably play for a little bit and then they'll stop. But the one thing I will give uh, a, a, like a positive check to with the online is the the battle arena options, mm-hmm. uh, creating your own lobbies. Um, like if you just have your friends and you make like a sick like a room just for your friends only, and you could like spectate, you join in the match, like you coin up and stuff like that. Um, I had the best connections for in battle arena for mm. some reason. Yeah. And I, 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 think if, I think if you just want to play with your friends, like you can't all be together. Like smash excels at being played uh, together on the couch, essentially couch multiplayer. That is like the bread and butter of smash brothers multiplayer. But I do think if uh, your friends are separated by distance stuff, that's not a possibility. And you're hearing about this. I would still say, give the battle arena option a cha- like a cha- uh, a chance, uh, just, set up a friends list only one and have have your friends get on. Uh, I I think it might work out a little bit better than trying to like play with randoms and stuff like that. So I agree that playing with your friends in the,
0: in the battle arena is the best online experience, but even that has enough problems or things that I would like to see added that it drives me insane. So multiple times. So in the battle arena, you there's the, the ring where two people are fighting There's the line where, like, the loser goes off, and then you go back to the back of the line, and the next person in the line comes in, and you fight. And then there's also stands where you can just spectate. The maximum number of people you can have in the lobby is eight, which feels a little low. And also, when you're doing Smash, it, it can... If you lose and you go back to the back of the line, it can take a while to go in. And so they're, like there are other games, right, where, like, in Guilty Gear, when you join a room, you can... Multiple people can be fighting at the same time. Mm. And so, like, instead of just one ring for fighting, if you could have, like, two rings or even three rings and you could just get fights more consistently, I think that would really help a lot. Also, waiting in line, there'll be times I'm spectating and it'll just disconnect me randomly for no reason. Mm. But it doesn't disconnect me from the game and my online is fine, my, like, my internet doesn't get interrupted. It'll just disconnect me from spectating, which is really, really bizarre. Mm. I haven't really had an issue with it disconnecting me from fights, but from spectating specifically it's been bizarre. And so... Hmm. Yeah, it just feels super basic.
2: Yeah, it's... They cut out a lot... There's a lot of negatives to it, too. Uh, You're not not gonna be around the bush. They even nerfed the the default spectate mode not the one we're talking about but there's an option when you go online to just spectate in previous iterations used to be able to go view like the best matches You want to go watch like a a great zero match it was probably like the top of the list there and like top rated ones you could bet on matches like there's the gold coin currency it's still back there is a shop to buy stuff in that's all gone it's not in there anymore Hmm. I'm like why why would you that was so simple and easy to do and for some reason, spectating in that mode, every match looks flawless and perfect. Like, no one's having any problem either. I'm like, are these just recordings that yeah. they're playing for me? Or am I actually <laughs> watching them live? I was like, I don't know about this. But yeah, that's a disappointment. That seems a simple, easy idea to just make uh, you engage with online in some capacity. And it's just gone now. It's a s- strange decision.
0: I, I think the only reason I'm so hard on it, Damiani, is because. I really do think this game is amazing. And like like I said, like since since I got access to Smash Ultimate, I haven't been able to stop playing it. Like there are games I need to be finishing uh, just for goatee discussions, and I just want to keep playing Smash because I'm having such a good time, and far more often than not, I have this huge, dumb smile on my face than some minor annoyance, and I think the only reason why I'm being so vocal is, like I said, is is it does so much right that these things are just standing out and kind of becoming mountains. Uh, do you think, especially now that the Nintendo online service is paid, do you think Nintendo will take control of this and actively work to make things better in a timely fashion?
2: I'm not. I that's the, the I'm leaning towards no. They did announce they have a patch coming out next week, version 1.2. I saw some people assuming it's like balance updates, but they mentioned something about like arc previous archives not working. So I wonder if it's like a significant change to, to like to how things work. But whether or not that's going to try and address any kind of online, like, hey, we're going to fix the algorithm for matchmaking and stuff. Like, we're set to prioritize giving you what you asked for versus what it's doing now, which is prioritizing you getting into a match as fast as possible no matter what it is. Are we going to prioritize Make an option for, like, we're going to identify if you're wired or wireless. And do you want to only play with wired people or something like that? Oh, my
0: God. That would be amazing. Or just seeing
2: a signal strength bar by people. So you could, like, like, like most other fighting games what? do. What?
0: How do you have a fighting game in 2018 where like you don't even get to see signal strength and decide if you want to go through with it? Yeah, match? And you should not be it,
2: there should be a chance before to drop That's out. That is insane. You can't even drop That's out insane. right now. It's just like uh I'm getting screwed. Why well, you know, let me drop out. You know, they have a bad connection. I want to refuse doing this match before it begins. Right. Uh another thing they definitely needed to do and, and stop penalizing people for is if you're doing a stock match and you get eliminated, let that person drop. They're done. Like, mm-hmm. why do they need to sit there and watch the rest of the match? Like, right. who cares? Like in Fortnite, you don't. You can still spectate and watch the end or any online game that's normal. You you back out to the lobby or keep watching. Like, why can't you back out to a lobby and just try and get a new match? They're like, no. If you do that, you're penalized. It's like, Okay, <laughs> Nintendo. Sure, fine. That's there's there's no bad sportsmanship about that. Leaving a match after you've lost. It's like, don't get that at all. That Smash
0: Talk went on for a long time. Yeah.
1: It's a big game. It's a big game. Man. Yeah,
0: Brad, I'm sorry that... Uh, oh, man, it it's okay. Be, it I haven't spent a,
1: a lot of time bad. with it anyway, so...
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I was telling Brad this before the show. Uh, has not spent a, long, a lot of time with the game. Comes into the Easy 8 tournament and just cleans up. Just. I just, got lucky that day. Just Ultima Brad, man. What can you do? Uh, Brad, Yeah. talk to me about Ashen.
1: Ashen... So it is the a brand new, I guess it's been around for a while, but officially out now, a Souls-like game. Seems a lot of games are like that nowadays, you know? Yeah. Following that Souls formula, it totally does, you know? Got your Estes Flats, your chugging stuff. It's either a Souls-like game,
0: or the comparisons to Dark Souls are so rampant mm-hmm. that, like, just
1: everything is Dark Souls. Right. Dark Souls is great, too. Dark Souls is great, yes. But... Nothing is usually as good as Dark Souls. Yes. And I like Ashen, but it's not as good. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, but it does some things different, which I like. So it's your typical, like, you. what do you expect? You're in, in a hub area. Mm-hmm. But with this now, you can do side quests. There's quests to do. There's mm-hmm. NPCs to talk to that will join you on your quest, like follow you through an area, Ben. That's cool. That so sounds like some... Like Yeah, you, like, unlock your bonfire kind of thing or your town. Then there's NPCs in the town, and they have side quests. You can do a side quest for them and go through it and get, like, stuff to help you. I've only played about two hours, so I don't know everything about this game yet. Sure, sure. But it seems like the NPCs that you have can level up with you also, Mm -hmm. so you could perhaps strengthen them. Uh, I believe it has online co-op also. I think they said it's something around, like, Journey. I could be totally wrong like this, but, like, a player will randomly come into your world. I haven't ran into that yet, though, so I don't know. I'm playing online, but I don't know how it works all yet. Combat is fine. A little stiff. uh, Not super fluid, I feel like, but it's fine. It's serviceable. It has a really interesting look. It's weird. No one has any faces in this game. I don't know why they did that, but it's artistic choice, but it's fine. It looks a little different. It doesn't look like Dark Souls graphically, which I really appreciate. It's more like cell shaded kind of thing like that um i've only i did one dungeon just kind of like went through a little like it reminded me like a little tiny like zelda tutorial dungeon just kind of like a little thing you're going through there's a little boss thing. i was like oh that was cool yeah but i don't know how expansive this thing kind of goes like that i haven't been to a new zone yet so i'm not sure how it goes but so far it seems pretty good i'm looking forward to keep playing but i just i hope it does something a little another thing that i will see unexpected to kind of distance itself from soul i would guess
0: yeah, uh, Brad, I've, I've got a couple of questions. Yeah. The, the first is, you're bringing these NPCs with, me, with you, do you feel like they're they're actually useful?
1: Yeah, they're actually okay. good in combat. So when you're in combat, when you die or whatever, you get knocked down, Mm -hmm. but they could pick you back up and help you in the fight. You could do that to them vice versa, or, like, you can do that to them also. Mm -hmm. So it seems like they do pretty good damage. Their AI is, like, okay. Like, if you have a quest, they'll kind of, like, sometimes lead you towards it. Gotcha. But if you're, like, let's say you're trying to do something and you forget to change your quest, they'll just kind of, like, go off and do their own kind of thing. I was really confused for a bit. Then once I said it to that, I was like, oh, okay, I understand it. But, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: Brad... When you when you started talking about other souls like games, mm-hmm. I feel like when you said none of them do it better, mm-hmm. I had this moment where I'm like, yeah, I completely agree. And just trying out a bunch of different souls likes, and even even the ones that like I I stuck to or had mm-hmm. to review, like Nia, which is a game I do think very fondly of, right? But it just doesn't. It it hasn't had that kind of like. Strong, lasting effect. Uh, I think right. that the Soul Series has, and I was trying to wonder why that is. Mm-hmm. And I think it really was for both Bloodborne and the Soul Series. I think it comes down to the world mm-hmm. because when I play those games, you go through this too, and I know I think Huber goes through it as well. When I'm done, I'm so hungry for more information. I want to go in. I want to find out more. I want to learn more. I want right. to talk about it, I want to read about things. And these other games, it's not that they necessarily have bad worlds, mm-hmm. but they're just not like quite as enchanting, it feels right. like.
1: Right. Like, this game definitely puts in the effort of having a story, which I really appreciate. Okay. I don't know a ton about it yet, but they're putting in the effort with like dialogue, characters you can talk to. They're definitely like laying it out there. Nothing seems cryptic, necessarily, that I'm aware of yet. Yeah. Where I'm like, hmm, what does this really mean kind of thing? Uh, one thing I want to bring up, I forgot to bring up, I think it's cool or different is I don't think you level up traditionally in this game. Mm-hmm. So I've I've gone through the world and I found permanent stat upgrades. So I found something that gave me like plus two to stamina or something like that. There hasn't okay. been anything where I can level up. It's a cool idea. I always love games that I encourage you to explore and find out like all your surroundings. So I think it's a really cool idea to get players to actually actively want to explore their world. Yeah. But... I hope it doesn't get to a point where I feel annoyed by doing it. Sure.
0: Uh, how are, how are the, the character build variety, I guess?
1: I haven't seen any variety yet, necessarily. Like, there's different weapons, so, so you you don't can... pick a
0: class at the start? No.
1: Okay. So you could, like, have different, like, one-hander weapons or two-hander weapons and stuff like that. I haven't seen anything like magic yet. I don't know if it's in the game, but I haven't seen it yet or anything like that. Gotcha. You just, like, design the way your character looks when you start, and that's about it. Uh,
0: Dumb Annie, I feel like you, out of all of the allies, I would argue, you probably have had the most interesting history with the Souls series, where I feel like you played Dark Souls later on, uh, kind of after the initial like rush of excitement, and then I feel like you've kind of very carefully chosen what Souls games you play and when after that. Would you say that that's an accurate description?
2: Oh yeah, I definitely played Dark Souls well after the initial craze but uh i played bloodborne at like release mm-hmm. like when it came out um for whatever reason that one just drew me more into its world uh, yeah I, and ahead of time i was just more excited about it for sure and that definitely you know did its job for me um it's interesting because you speak when we brought this up i had to look it up i think i think i did play ashen at e3 mm-hmm. uh, i went to the appointment for it the, the the no face thing i was like oh yeah they're like kind of blocky-ish looking. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. it, it almost looks indie-ish, I would say. Yeah. Not, not like a knock against indie, but like, it has a more unique aesthetic than you'd like, than going from like an ultra realistic. And I remember the whole thing about like, you picked up different weapons and stuff versus having like, a build... But uh yeah, it was like it was like a field area with some enemies mm-hmm. and then like a cave, and then there was an NPC who was walking around with me. And I remember it being like, you know, yeah, it felt like a souls game and I was having a good time. Uh it was just yeah, didn't have any of the other implement stuff implemented, like no co op, like online co op or anything like that. It was just like a, a basic area to go around and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I found it intriguing. Um, I had a good time with it. It was just mm-hmm. was, you know, a fifteen minute session though. So how much are you really going to get out of that? Right. I, I would say sorry.
1: Uh, one thing about this game is, yeah, go for it. I don't have a problem with the game doing anything. Like games like copying this kind of formula and everything like that, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. I, I'm having a good time playing this game. I'm enjoying myself. Right. I just don't know. I haven't seen an outside party like be up to that level of what they're kind of like imitating or taking influence from. And I just wonder how long it'll take for us to get to that level.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like the last two years specifically, when we've gone to to PSX or E3 or any other event, I mm-hmm. do feel like we're playing one or two games where kind of the initial response is, oh yeah, this is taking a lot of mechanics from mm-hmm. Souls. And I feel like every time I kind of walk away with like a, a satisfied feeling. Yeah, Not like oh my God, I'm hyped through the roof, but like, oh, that was cool because, because I think those ideas and those mechanics are inherently satisfying in a way like it's it's fun to know there's a lot on the line there's a lot you could lose in terms of souls or experience or whatever it's fun to go up against boss fights that are really grueling and difficult um but i also think about like metroidvania where like on a basic level i just enjoy the concept of going around a map and filling things out and getting more items and uncovering areas but kind of like with souls like I feel like there are many Metroidvania's that I just kind of bounce off, mm-hmm. and it is very rare for one to kind of pierce through and it's like, "Oh my god, I need to finish this! I need to see everything!" Like Hollow Knight was that Rain. for me. Right? Yeah. yeah, totally. And there's again, there's this X factor where it's like, when you when you kind of talk about the mechanics and the things that Hollow Knight is doing, it's not that that stuff. Is not special. It is, but what really makes it sing for me is the consistency of the presentation, the music, the thought that goes behind not only its world, but how like like Hollow Knight starts in kind of this like abandoned town and you get progressively weirder and mm-hmm. you just sort of have the sensation that you're going on a journey. And I th- I think about Bloodborne and how crazy that gets. And it's kind of the same thing. And so for me. That is what a lot of these games are lacking. And I'm not saying Ashen is like this. I know I haven't played it. Um, but it's, it's sort of lacking this, like... It's not just... The best games don't just feel like good mechanics with a story and then they are fused together. It's like it all is kind of one whole big concept where mm-hmm. it's like, This is the world that we want to create. This is how we're going to give you the feeling of that world through the fights where, like, everything just feels so meticulously placed. I don't know. No, I'm with you.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that, Ben. I mean, I think you hit right on the head there that that's what separates games that want to be and games that do it right. I mean, even, yeah, Bloodborne and the, like, Souls games, from what I've played wouldn't be nearly as praised and good as they are revered now if it wasn't for like their their actual environmental designs mm-hmm, right but they're so integral to everything else about that game and they're they're so expertly crafted uh, with a lot of thought put behind their their intent um to like drive the players like what options are going to do there and what they're going to experience through it and same thing with like hollow knight like going through that it was like very clear that they that how long they spent on that game? It came through with that design. Uh, Whereas games like that—that that would be like the one thing I was trying—I would get at for Ashen again. Like you're playing it now. Uh-huh. I only tried it at E3. That would—that was on my mind. Is that? Oh, this is neat, and it's taking inspiration. But this is like a lot of to me. It was like open environments and caves in a town, and I just thought, right. is this open environment style really gonna? cut it for this like it's good uh, they're asking for that's, that's, that's a tall ask to do like a huge open like like environment like that versus uh a metroidvania style where it's like kind of like structured uh, like a castle whatever environment like that versus just like the world here's right. like the the outdoors the great outdoors yeah and mm-hmm. th- it just seemed like it was going to run the risk of there wasn't necessarily like a lot lot of purpose behind every area. It was just there for the sake of explore it. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. that was like my big concern.
1: Uh it's also a lot easier than a Souls game too. Interesting. So if mm. you're
2: you're like into the idea of a Souls game,
1: but you're a little intimidated by the difficulty, I think this would be a good place to start. Pretty easy. Guys don't hit that hard. You got a companion backing you up the whole time. Probably like a good entry if you're kinda considering diving yeah. in and you're scared of the difficulty or whatnot. Right. Um, but yeah, I do like the game. I'm having fun. I hope I'm looking forward to see more. I've only scratched the surface, so who knows how things will come around. Sure. But yeah, looking forward to playing more. Cool. Nice. Uh, Damiani, there was uh, an unexpected stream that
0: you did not too long ago, um, out of nowhere. You were dancing in the moonlight with <laughs> Persona <laughs> yeah. Three, uh, and I, li- I like the way that you did that stream. Kind of kept it mysterious out of nowhere and then you you got into it. How is Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight? I've played a little bit of Persona 5 Dancing in Starlight, but perfect. not Dancing in Moonlight. Wait, it's perfect?
2: I, no, I feel like that's like, oh, like the good. perfect thing for like between Ben and, oh, and okay me there because I personally gravitate towards Persona 3 the most. Mm. It was my first I mean, it's probably like the whole first gotcha. love thing. My first Persona was Persona yeah. 3 Portable and just loved it and stuff and I still, it's still my favorite to this day. You know, Persona
0: Three is a good ass game. And yeah, it
2: is. Seeing that they made it into a, da- a rhythm game, I mean, I saw Persona Four, uh, the uh, Persona Four are Dancing All Night, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, Persona Four Dancing All Night. Yep. Yep.
2: here we're gonna go with the titles and stuff. We're yep. gonna get them all wrong. <laughs> um, and I, so I know what I was getting into, but I love the music of Persona Three, and I was kind of curious. I'm like, you know what? I didn't touch the pre- last one. I'm curious what this is like. And the big contributing factor to the spend, got to be honest here, uh-huh. uh, Amazon had a huge price error sure. for the collector's edition, whatever, that came also with P4 Dancing. So I have that as oh. well digitally. I um, haven't tried that out yet. Um, so, yeah, I just held on to the order. I'm like, man, this is so cheap. I'll just take it. You know, it's cool. Yeah. And then I got it. I'm like, you know what? I should at least try this out. Like, if I got it in my hands. This is the Greatest chance I'm actually going to be motivated to try this. Let's put in the PS4 and go. It, it's how, how how like you know how big of an ask is this really? Like I'm, it's not that hard of an investment. And I say I was very pleasantly surprised with this. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I love the the premise of it. it's pretty cool. Uh, they kind of try and take like the whole the social rank stuff. They have social events with the characters. As you play more songs and you do better in the songs, with the you, you basically have your primary dancer, one of the characters from the game, and then you have like the uh, partners yes. who will join you as well. And uh, as long as you like do well with your partner dances, it will increase your social rank with them. And at each new rank, uh, you have to meet certain conditions. It's not just straight up play with them, but like. They'll tell you in the, the the social area what you need to do to unlock each new rank. You get a cutscene, you get more story and like interaction between the characters. Uh some QA. Like you get to like do answer and stuff. They even had a thing where someone impersonated voices of the teachers from the game and they're asking you the questions and did the little correct answer noise. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like it's great, but I the saying, I was like, oh my gosh, no, not yeah. now. Um so they have that for people who are interested in it, and I found it I found it enjoyable. But the actual like the remixes for the music, uh, more often than not, I uh, really like them. Yes. There were like one or two that were, uh, I was like, eh, this isn't the best. There was like a really heavy drumbeat version of uh, one of the songs that, it, like, chat warned me, like, oh, this is the wa- worst song, Damiani. And when I played, I was like, oof, what were they thinking with this one? But for the most part, yeah, really good. And it's an interesting presentation for the actual game mechanics. Mm-hmm. So I'm used to, like, you know, either DDR vertical scrolling or. Stuff bouncing around on screen, but this was clearly made with the PlayStation Vita in mind. Yes. Like a handheld. Yes, it was. Because you, in the nutshell, there are three markers on the outside of the screen, the left and right side of the screen, and these notes, these symbols fl- fly out to each of those six spots, and... Uh, when you're playing on a TV screen of any hmm. decent size, your peripheral vision, like, it's not in focus anymore. That's why those most rhythm games keep it in the center. This is on the sides because they're they're thinking, oh, you're looking at a small portable. You can see the whole screen. That is the one biggest detriment to this game is that it's really hard to keep track of everything playing it on a normal TV screen or monitor, yes. which is a little bit unfortunate because other than that, it's, like, a really cool concept, and I really liked what they were doing. Um, like, the, it's, you know, the basic notes, the holds, the scratches is the unique thing because they're optional, but they, tr- they can increase your bo- uh, combos, trigger bonuses as well. Uh, you got to, like, build up enough me- fever meter to trigger, like, a special dance with your partner, mm. which is also needed to unlock more social ranks. Which is
0: a pretty hype moment. But the yeah. default
2: option for it, Ben, I, we were talking about this earlier. Yeah is questionable how they make you want to do the scratches because it's using the same using your thumbs which are trying to hit the face buttons yes. to also do the scratching and there's like it's just not on the on the PS4 touchpad yeah on the touchpad yeah, it's just it. not doable. Oh. Yeah. Huh. And then uh some of the people who played the game were very kind and told me, "Oh, there's an option to change it to the trigger buttons." Right. Totally changes the experience like way better. So if you're going to try it out Please go to the options, change it. <laughs> Unless you really like the, the the touchpad stuff, if you're that dexterous and, and not like me, who's like kind of like, a, you know, a bumbling idiot sometimes with that stuff. But if for those who want to try it a different way, I highly recommend it. And yeah, just like the other small thing, Ben. Yeah, I, I they do give you the option to go back and rewatch it with like a clean HUD or a perfect. Uh, inputs so you can enjoy the the spectacle of the dances but when you're playing it on the first time you see like none of that's really being registered I'm like there's something cool going on right now and I'm missing it aren't I yeah kind of the the curse of rhythm games yeah
0: man Damiani I'm I'm so conflicted because uh, I reviewed Persona Persona 4 Dancing all night and I remember going into that game like the announcement that they were making a Persona 4 dancing game was pretty wild and exciting to me. It was just the, a direction that I wasn't expecting. And I really like rhythm games. And the fact, and I appreciate that they did this with Persona 4 Arena as well, where they're like, we're going we're gonna to have a story mode. We're going to take these characters and we're going to tell a story within this universe. And I ended up walking away really enjoying it, primarily for the concept and to just get some more time with these characters. I don't think the rhythm game was ever the most amazing aspect of it just for me personally i don't think i could sit here and say like it's it's actually bad but what always threw me off is i prefer i think having something be like vertical and in the center of the screen, it's easier for me to focus. It's just when you have like multiple notes and very thin lines, especially when you get to harder difficulties and the thin lines are stacked up on top of each other and you're pushing outward. I feel like there's just a lot of times where it's hard to parse what, like what actual note is going here when. Um, And I think when you blow that up and you're not on a Vita anymore and you blow Mm -hmm. that up to a television and like it, you, you kind of feel like you're staring at this hole and it's going outward and you have to be like, okay, wh- what, what's going on when? It just, it didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed other rhythm games and it didn't feel as natural to me as other rhythm games. And like the concept just isn't kind of as wild and exciting anymore. And so while I think there's a lot of love in this, I love what they've done with their outfits. And I agree with you that a lot of the remixes are amazing. It's just not something like I'm.
2: I, I feel like I'm as excited to play. I yeah. Uh, I could I can see that point because this is my first time diving into it. I'm yeah. having the, like that honeymoon phase with it. I can see if this is second or third time going into this, it's gonna lose that potency. Right. And you're gonna start to see the cracks, you know, for what they really are. And that the I agree with everything you just said there. I should have did a preface i played mostly on easy because i'm really bad at rhythm games um i did a few on normal i tried one on hard and it started to introduce like diagonal stuff and like half stuff i was like nope i was like you can't do this but uh, even like on normal it starts to uh, I favor, like, yeah, the vertical, like, DDR. Like, I can do harder stuff on DDR. Yeah. I mean, it's also only, like, four inputs, you know, versus, like, six. But uh, even something like uh, the, the uh, Leap Beat Agents, Oidon, for uh, DS. Man. Like, that game, same thing. Like, it goes across the screen, but it it followed a better rhythm to me, and I, I could follow it more easily than I could uh, Persona 3, Dancing Moonlight.
0: Damiani, I haven't thought about Elite Beat Agents in so long. That game is is rad, man. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I have not played Elite Beat Agents in years. It's a fun game, yeah. It's a fun game.
1: Um, Brad, yeah, you are a Persona fan. True. You want to dance? Uh, I danced in All Night with yeah. 4. I completed all that. I think I talked to you about it and I asked you if there's a story mode Yeah. and you're like, not like P4. Yes. And I was like, oh. I might be out then. Yeah. Because like, It's fine to me. It's just like a goofy dance or like rhythm game, which is totally fine. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to dedicate time to playing it right now Mm -hmm. or if I want to, how much is it? Like $40 or whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't know if I want to spend like full price on it necessarily right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Absolutely. Um, I'm also realizing. (laughs) I'm also
0: realizing I don't like it. I think most of the time when games come out with, multiple versions of a thing like the fact that Persona 3 dancing in Moonlight and Persona 5 dancing in Starlight are out at the same time, it's like okay, I want to play one of these, which one do I choose? Mm-hmm. It, it can just feel like a lot to process and it's like I kind of want to have both of these things at the same time I and I also just end up feeling, I don't know if overwhelmed is the right term, but I think, I think Fire Emblem Fates ended up feeling that way to me too, where it's just like Man, there's, there's a lot here, and they're different, and they're both doing different things at the same time, mm-hmm. and I kind of want both of those things, but I have to choose, and it just ends up, it's like a divided experience when... I, I think a lot of times when I'm playing a game, it's just like, okay, I'm playing this game. This is what it wants to show me. I don't have to go out of this game to see that other stuff. I'm not saying that the concept is inherently bad. I just find that for myself personally, I tend to not be able to stay invested for multiple versions of the same game. Sure, yeah. I don't know kind of
2: benefited from mixing um all them together essentially like putting them yeah. like, all in one that was what's fun cause cause that's about what, arena too i think it's one of the dlc options because i got it uh with the uh, persona 3 uh dancing in moonlight uh one of the last songs is uh, a catchy is in there mm. and i was like well okay and chad's like oh yeah that's a dlc song I'm like why wouldn't they just like do this Catchy, huh? by default? You know, why Ooh. wouldn't this like have them all dancing, mix and match? You know, it's a it's a it's a a spin-off game. Go crazy, have fun. Mm-hmm. You, I don't think you needed three separate games at this yeah. point. I think these two probably could have, they could have released a, a special edition that was four, three, and five together in one in one package, which is what I got. But one game, you don't need right. like it's it's two, a digital code and two separate discs. Yeah. It's like put it all into one. game. So I mean, I they're to, like, all,
1: they're all in the queue games already. They're together yeah. in those. Yeah, and
0: and and Arena, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, one of the best parts for me about Arena was seeing those characters interact. interact and it's yeah, like, okay, it's you're, awesome. n- you're obviously not going to get this in a mainline entry. And so kind of getting that ridiculous banner, it felt like really cool, fan-service-y fun. Mm-hmm. And so to, to separate them, it's like, Oh, it's, it's great. I get more of the characters I love in 3 and 5, but I've seen them interact before. I've mm-hmm. seen them have these
1: s- s- tones of conversations. Sure.
0: But yeah, it's not a bad thing. I'm just not like... No, of
1: course not. ...pumped about it. Yeah, I like, it's just other stuff I'd rather play at the moment. Right, right. It's but nothing crowd. against the game at it's all. It's a crowded time.
0: Uh, Damiani, I want you to talk to me about something goofy that you've done that I didn't know that you had done until mm. I'd asked
2: you. Uh, you've been playing some mods for Final Fantasy Fifteen. Oh yeah, so Final Fantasy Fifteen uh, Windows Edition PC version has uh, official mod support. Um, what you do is like any Steam mod page. You just go to like the, the Steam area of it, and uh, when I went there, I was like, I don't know what I expect. I, I think it, the most I expected was like a lightning outfit, and I go there and go down the rabbit hole of should have expected this. Uh, almost anything and everything you could think of is uh, at your fingertips yep. in terms of like character models and character outfits. So there's two types. Uh, there are ones that completely replace the character model with something else. And then there are the the gear mods. So it retains the same character model, but it looks like they're wearing different gear sets, which those look a little bit better than straight-up uh, model replacements. Well, sure. Of course, yeah. But you get a little bit more crazy. And to start... Um, When I rolled out first, I had uh, I had uh, Thomas the Tank Engine (laughs) in my party. In your party? Yes. (laughs) Uh, One of the characters replaced with Thomas Tank Engine. One was uh, I became two B. I had Pascal as uh, one of my party members and Shrek, and we were just rolling rolling across Dusk uh, it, is guy? Shrek like one of the things that is most immediately modded into any game? Yeah, absolutely. So at this point, and, like yes. I, I have absolutely. to, I have to think so. Of course. Like, uh, like the, it, was also, it was like Death Thomas Tank Engine because like it had like no eyes, like it oh, was like God. dead. <laughs> so it was a little creepy looking. I mean, this is pretty, pretty darn enticing. Um it yeah. was uh, I did a fight with them and Thomas is just like rolling over people <laughs> and then the victory thing when they're like doing the tallying the experience, he just like s- s- photo bombs in the back, just like slowly rolling so good. <laughs> I'm like, All right, we, we've we've hit the jackpot here. Um <sighs> did uh I became Sora from Kingdom Hearts three looking, uh looked really good. Um had Donald join me. In uh, Goofy. Do they change the sounds for these characters too? So no they they do they the voices aren't changed. I don't know if there's a way to change them and I okay. miss that. But they're still using which is makes it even the more funny. Mm-hmm. Because you see Sora talking like Noctis and he's talking to you know, he's talking to Ignis and he's just like Oh like Noct we should be we should consider camping for now and it's like in Goofy and it's like Goofy's mouth moving with Ignis's voice and it's just like Uh yeah, this is great. And Donald's great because they have to keep the proportions, so they can't make so. <laughs> so he's so, huge. So, no, it's not making Donald huge. They gave him this mech outfit with like long legs, yes. and he's like so piloting good. it, like that's he's sitting so now piloting it, and it looks like it's believable. It looks like a gummy ship, like mech. That's thing. so rad. I think I would be
0: most excited to mod in a new model for Ignis because he just has those moments where he's like thinking about a new recipe, mm-hmm. and oh man, like. There's
2: so many characters you could do where that would be helpful. Guy Ferrari, dude. Yeah! As a list, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. bro. Cooking you stuff. Oh get my that god. In there. Uh going in the the going in the car driving around is the Kingdom Hearts crew? Yeah. Okay. Played That's some uh, play some Kingdom Hearts music instead? Can you mod the car? Um I have not seen any mods for the car yet. Okay. Maybe there are and I missed those, but I haven't seen that yet. It's strictly to the characters, but you can modify other characters. So uh best part got to the the bay town where you're supposed to like we first meet uh, Arden for the mm-hmm. first time. Yeah. And uh, I changed to Arden. And Arden showed up as Jafar. <laughs> and it was perfect.
3: <laughs> that is <laughs> good. That sounds perfect. That's good. <laughs> it was yeah. like,
2: "Oh my gosh." <laughs> like the voice matched and everything. I was like, "This is good." Um, you like changed uh I think we changed one of the characters to to Aqua. <laughs> um for Kingdom Hearts as well. Nice. We didn't get far enough to see uh the little sister becomes Kyrie later oh, on. Oh man, it's Would so have funny. Been hilarious. But uh yeah, we had like yeah, we had 2B. Kyrie is the perfect the weapons. replacement for that. We had the weapons, so we had like the Yorha blades and stuff like that were That's available. Cool. Yeah. Um I became the Xenoblade two cast. I had like Nia, I uh, had uh, Rex, I had Pyra, I had Mithra and uh wait. Was it, like... Their anime style, yes. Okay. They, they it wasn't, were, like... It was their models from the game. 15 realistic... No, it was their models from the game running around, like, okay. you know, yeah, just like you expect. And you could give them a and give them all, like, their blades and stuff. And you, there were anime versions of the main characters that just changed their faces to, look like, like, anime style. Okay. So... Uh, but then they had some cooler ones uh, that looked more practical. Um, you can change their outfits, so... Did you stream this? Yes, I okay, did. Okay, I'll have to you watch have that it. So, like, they had, like, the... Uh the Final Fantasy Type-0 outfits. Mm. So, like, the capes and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one that gave Prompto the Vanquish suit, which looked amazing. <laughs> uh, I made Ignis... The- I want
0: the visor to pop open, though, yeah. and it's still
2: Prompto's face. Yeah. I I had Ignis become the Flash. I had Noctis become Batman Beyond outfit. <laughs> nice. It looked, like, super... like looked perfect and stuff, because I was like, this is really good. Yeah, we rolled around. Can you this- make De- Prompto smoke? Like, nah, in the Vanquish? I didn't see anything okay. like that. But yeah, rolling around <laughs> as DC superheroes is pretty fun as nice. well. Just doing that. And uh yeah, so you can mod the weapons, the the gear, and the models, and you can go nuts with that. And it's just goofy to see that yeah, stuff awesome. in action, you know. The
0: only thing that I would worry about, Diamond, mean, with those mods is like Combat in that game can get pretty frantic. You've got a lot of effects going off. You've got char- You've you've got your character warping all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got team up attacks. And
2: so, d- were there any visual issues, any glitches, any oh, yeah. of that sort? Okay. Like uh, like Shrek, uh, like <laughs> they did like vector like glitches where like the arms would like stretch Armstrong style because they yeah. couldn't keep up. But that probably only but, enhances. But, it. but the Kingdom yeah. Hearts stuff. Didn't look so bad. Oh. Uh, I think Goofy was the only weird one. Like, the ears sometimes stretch. <laughs> wrong. But I gave, like, Sora... Uh, I mean, give Noctis all the keyblades. So he's changing between keyblades. I was like, this is probably Kingdom Hearts 3 Battle. It's Kingdom Hearts 3 Combat yep. right here, baby. It's like, you know, swinging the keyblades, warp striking as is, uh, is, uh, Sora here. It's pretty fun. Yep. Sounds like a good for a, time. For a while.
1: <laughs> Can live my Chrono Trigger sequel fantasies. Are there... Oh, they're
0: not chrono mods. I'm sure. I didn't see any chrono mods. Put them in.
2: So this is the. I went to the official Steam Works page. Yeah. There are other places to get stuff. Like I immediately went to go find Goku Dark Dragon places. Ball Z stuff. Right. And there's nothing on there because Square Enix will remove any of that sure. Yo, immediately. A, but there are, <laughs> there are my hero Gladio's Dragon Ball is Gladio's Naruto. All would yeah. be the h- Best. You just are. have to get them from other places. They do exist. So I bet you there probably is a chrono cool. something Sick. somewhere. I want frog.
0: Yeah, I uh, didn't play through the Final Fantasy fifteen DLC, and I same. Like, I don't know if I want to go through the whole main game again, but doing that on the PC version and just messing around with the mod sounds like a really good time. Not me, honey. What was your favorite of the mods? Is the Kingdom Hearts because of the, it looks the lack so of good. issues?
2: Because yeah, it looks so good. Yeah, and it. I was like, yo, this this looks legit and stuff. You know, where's the where's the Kingdom Hearts crossover event? I mean the, the the Xenoblade Two stuff looked like the most out of place, but they still looked like they should, yeah. which was kind of like funny to see. Um, Pascal looked really good, oh, I nice. would say. Of a it fit like it's fit tonally with the the game's environments and aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, yo, you know this, you know, can I get Raiden, you know, Revengeance in oh, here? That was like the Raiden. next step. It's so I like, funny. This didn't, didn't Raiden,
0: Raiden would. Like, with that style of combat, Raiden would fit yeah, right in. Yeah, that'd be in. so high.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's play 15 forever now. Uh,
0: okay. I'm probably just going to keep playing Smash. Uh, <laughs> yo, just smash. mod Smash. Smash the <laughs> <and> 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That should be the battle music, man.
1: Yeah,
0: you probably could, dude. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brad, you yes. got to... You had the, the privilege of revealing a beautiful game
1: oh, yeah. called Greece. Yeah, it was a beautiful That's game. the correct pronunciation, right? I believe so. All I, right. I went to Blood- Bloodworth, said that, so I will stick with Bloodworth yep. on that.
0: That's a good rule of thumb. I always follow Bloodworth. Uh, Brad, we were talking about it before, and uh, you were like, man, it's kind of a hard game to talk about because you don't want to ruin anything, mm-hmm. and there's not really a story.
1: Yeah, there's, like, a story. It's, like, your own kind of interpretation kind of thing. Sure. It's a weird game. There's no dialogue. There's no text. Mm -hmm. There's no enemies. There's none of that. You can't die or anything like that. It's just Mm kind of, like, going... It reminds me, like, Journey, kind of. It's a light journey, I would say. Going through environments. 2D, obviously. Without any co-op elements. Correct. No co-ops. Just solving, like, low-light puzzles here. little, like, uh, platforming stuff here and there. It's a game that's more about, like, just kind of, like, soaking up the vibe, going through the journey instead of being, like... Oh man, like this platforming part's super hard. I'm gonna die on here a hundred times, something like that. It's just like much more of like a chill game where the main focal point is the art style and the music.
0: Okay. Um, obviously, watching those trailers, it's a game that that does so well in a trailer because mm-hmm. of how beautiful it yeah, looks. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, is that something? Where I, sometimes I worry, I guess, when that's the primary appeal, mm-hmm. if that if that gets old over time, and if like the game around it can't really support how beautiful it looks, where like you you need more than just pretty stuff to look at. I feel like after a right. while, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, the stuff you do, I feel like, is entertaining enough to like keep you engaged. I didn't I didn't ever really reach a point in this game. It's a, a strong point to it is it's not super long either. Sure, it's uh, probably do- like three hours, okay. something like that. So it's a pretty chill experience just going through. I feel like levels don't drag too long. They're, they add enough stuff to keep you kind of interested going, like changing little things here and there, stuff like that. Okay. Um, as far as controlling your character, mm-hmm. uh, did it feel
0: like smooth in the sense that I feel you have this this small character kind of going through these beautiful, huge yeah. environments, and you would want that to be kind of as majestic as what you're looking at on screen. Do those two yeah, concepts it, kind of line up Yeah, well? I would
1: say it does. It felt very good just moving through the game. Nice. I never felt like not in control or something like that. It mm-hmm. felt like really smooth, the fluid the, or the motion of it were really good. Uh, it does really cool stuff. It like zooms in closer to you at some parts, so you can really get an idea. But when you get to a bigger part, it'll zoom out, giving you a big, like, big scope kind of thing like that. But it's always easy to see what you're doing still. You never feel like, oh, I can't even see myself or something gotcha. like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um,
0: is this a game that you would recommend people play? Is this is a game, is this a yeah, game that people need to play? It depends what
1: kind of... I mean, I don't know if it's a game you need to play. It's just mm-hmm. like a game if you're in that kind of mood for something. Like, if you're just looking to, like... Kind of kick back, have, like, a nice, relaxing, kind of, like, emotional experience, I would say, yeah, give this game a shot. Okay,
0: so you would you would say that it is pretty emotional, like, by the end of it, yeah, 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 you yeah. felt a connection to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say, like, the, the music and the art are, what like, really carries that, and, like, the music hitting at just the right moments or something like that, an emotional part, I would say they do, they execute.
0: Very good, oh, very sure. well. Yeah, that, that's something that uh, Journey did do so yeah. incredibly well. I
1: mean, I don't think it's as good as Journey, okay. but I think it's good. I had a great, I had a really good time going through it, and I think if you're into a game like that, you'll enjoy it also.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm always in the mood for that kind of experience. It's it's hard for me to make these comparisons because I haven't played yeah. Greece yet. I intend to at some point, but I always enjoy. I, I feel like rhyme or Journey, mm-hmm. um, just kind of these. Visual delights that you can bask in for a little while, yeah. and there are enough surprises. Like Greece, I, th- I think what's most exciting to me about Greece, Brad, and mm-hmm. why I'm struggling to come up with like good questions, mm-hmm. is because I don't know what to expect. Good. And it sounds so abstract that you really can't pin that down without ruining the whole thing. Yeah, I'd
1: like I don't want to tell you like what happens and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and I feel like there are a lot of games, right, where we could sit here and be like. Oh, it's like Dark Souls or it's yeah. like this or it's borrowing things from this or it's a it's a fantasy game. Whereas Greece whatever trailers I watch, whatever conversation I have with you, mm-hmm. I'm going in and I don't know what to expect
1: and yeah. that's so exciting, I feel. Yeah, like. it's fun. Yeah. yeah. I think if you in the mood for a game like that, you have a really good time going through it. Cool. Uh Damiani, do you have you seen any of the
0: trailers
3: for Greece? Oh
2: yeah. Uh I mean, they'd focused, they featured it in a, a Switch presentation, and trailers have been... I've definitely checked out the trailers. I was interested in it, just I had Smash coming up, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't have time for it. And, uh, yeah, it definitely struck a chord, you know, is exactly what you said, the vibes, you know, mm-hmm. like a journey, uh, a rhyme, like that type of game, more like a, a visual, you know, game than, a, yeah. you know... Story driven mechanic heavy, heavy, yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. but there's like definitely stuff to that. Like, you get new abilities and stuff to like help you traverse this world and stuff like that. Okay, you can like turn your like dress that you're wearing into like a really heavy weight to get keep you blown away from stuff like that or to go down underwater. You like a double jump and glide around and stuff like that. I did not know that there were different abilities, they add new abilities to kind of like shake it up a bit.
0: Cool, 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 cool. Uh, man, I'm I'm kind of mad at Smash, in a way,
1: where... You just want to keep playing.
0: Right. I, I, was, I was in this really good headspace where it's like, Goaties are coming up, I'm doing a pretty good job of picking away at my backlog mm-hmm. when I can, and Smash just comes in like this wrecking ball, and I don't even care. Like, <laughs> I don't even care. I really don't care. I just want to keep playing Smash. Um, but we're at the part of the show... Where we're gonna introduce the new, the new hotness. Ooh. So I've got, uh, I've got something to tell you guys. For the first time ever, on a frame trap. Unless I guess it wasn't really framed this way in the first episode. Kind of. Uh, we're not doing a Hotake.
1: Excuse me. We're Whoa. not
0: doing a caught in a frame trap. What? Whoa! What, what is this? What? We are now starting something new. Assuming. That you guys enjoy it and the audience enjoys it for the holiday season. Okay. We are doing on Frame Trap the 2018 Game Fiesta. I was thinking about it. Wanted to do something different for this weird episode of Frame Trap. And I thought to myself, what is Frame Trap really at its core? It's a celebration of games. It's, it's us getting together, trying as best as we can to express our love of games. That's what it fundamentally is and what it should be. And so what I'm going to do for the first annual Game Fiesta is we're going to go through not all of, but I think the generations of video games that are most relevant to us. Oh. And we're going to talk about them. And we're going to discuss how we felt about them at the time, how we feel about them now. And unfortunately, uh, due to FCC regulations, uh, we do have to rank them. Oh, it's out of my hands. Wow. Uh, didn't, uh, didn't mean, to, uh, you know, I, I know it can be pointless ranking stuff, but they will actually shut down the podcast. We'll lose access oh to it if we Ooh. don't rank it. And I've got a special surprise thrown in. There is an overlord of the 2018 game Fiesta. Is it Bloodworth? It is Bloodworth. It
3: is?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He will be referred to as Emperor Bloodworth. Okay, Emperor Blood. Emperor Bloodworth has, before the show, given his own ranking of the different video game generations. (laughs) We will compare our rankings with Emperor Bloodworth, and I will will, uh, talk to him... And maybe, maybe on the next show, we can give an update on, on how he thinks <laughs> uh, things uh, <laughs> shook down. So at the very end, we will have Emperor Bloodworth uh, to compare ourselves to. So before we get going, uh, two things. The first is that the, re- the, the generations I selected, I didn't select anything before the NES because right. I, I want to have things that... It's not that those generations don't matter. That's not what I'm saying. Just what we can hopefully speak to relate to more uh with a little bit more authority what we've had more personal experience with um so what i have is i I have the generations listed and then i have some example games i'm obviously going to be missing a ton it's the the point of these list of games is not to say every good game that came out in that generation Mm -hmm. just to kind of give you a very rough idea of what those generations were about but before we get into it The first annual Game Fiesta is brought to you by a wonderful selection of sponsors, Mm. and we're going to talk about them right now. Our first sponsor is Greg, the Dark Knight Kettering. Thank you, Greg. Next, we have Zoteg, and I don't think you've heard this, Damiani. might be relevant to you. Hi, allies. With the hype train for Final Fantasy XIV's Shadowbringers pulling out of the station, I wanted to send out an invite to any allies on the Mattius server or Greater Ether Data Center to join our free company or cross-world link shell. If you're on Mattius, search me up at Sophia Braxish. The spelling will be on the screen. On weeknights around 7 Central Time, and we'll have a cross-world private party finder with the password 2016. Whether you're just starting out in Eorzea or have been playing for years, let's get ready for Shadowbringers together.
2: My, uh, my condolences to them. Oh! <laughs> because... <laughs> Thank you, Zoteg, for your sponsorship. No, I, no, I feel I, like that's great, yeah. but unfortunately they announced recently a major change in the game that's happening very soon. How soon? Uh, like in a, like, uh, at, It's either at the Expansion launch or 4.5. They're doing a world restructuring. Uh, Mattias will no longer be a part of the Aether data center. It's being moved to a new Crystal. Is it
0: Aether not Ether? My bad.
2: Uh, everyone in game pronounces it Aether. Okay. I don't. I mean, stick Aether, to the game. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, they spelled it wrong, so now everyone calls it like at her <laughs> because they're like, oh, that was a real spelling all along. That's anyway, they're making a new data center for North America called Crystal, okay. and uh, Mattias will be moving over to that one oh. along with uh, a server called Balmung, which is the most populated server but they are known for RP. So Ooh. Crystal is now like going to be like the the RP data center. Wait, how hardcore do people RP in Final Fantasy XIV? On Balmong and Mattias? Mattias became the unofficial secondary one because Balmong got so crowded, they closed it off. You couldn't wow. even pay to transfer it to it anymore for a while. And, but anyway, Balmong and Gilgamesh are the two biggest servers on Aether. Okay. And they have a huge raiding scene. And a lot of like static raid groups... Or comprised of those, and they're splitting them up now.
0: For a second, I thought you said rating, R A T I N G, and I was rating, like, just a bunch yeah. of people getting together, no. and rating, rating. So.
2: Um <laughs> Yeah, so it's controversial. So that's why I'm in condolences. Like, right. it's sadly going to probably split up people because of this. Like, cross-world, yeah. like Link Shell is an awesome thing. It only works on your data center, so gotcha. they're going to have to get. Oh, yeah, it's going to really mess with this are they gonna do free transfers they're gonna do a grace period but like okay. your house you can't bring your house over oh, you're gonna lose your house man. you're gonna lose your fc you can't Sorry, like everybody. your guild you can't bring your guild over with all its stats you have to restart it so
0: i do hope azotec that you have been able to yeah. find some people to play with totally. though uh in this time but that's oh, awesome that's, yeah, that's really
2: yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that that warms that. my heart like, man yeah, that that's is, good that's fantastic though Thank our next you.
0: sponsor is JoJo's Dentco. Nice. Thank you, JoJo's Dentco. Still a great name. Yep. Another cool name. Oh, yes, cool, great. Thank you, oh, yes, cool, great. After that, we've got Blue. And finally, for the regular sponsors, we've got Alex AI, SRPG Enthusiast. Ooh. So every time, every uh, frame trap, he's been coming up with a new strategy role-playing game to suggest Damiani. Oh. And this will be his last entry. He says, Alex says, tons of SRPG goodness waiting, awaiting us in 2019. But don't forget the classics. Which ones you ask? Just rewatch the last 10 frame trap episodes for my recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have our mega sponsor Chigar yeah! Bob Productions. Hey everyone, this is my last month as mega sponsor for a while, so this will be my last game review. I very much enjoyed sharing my game thoughts with you, and huge thanks to Ben for allowing me to do that. It's been a pleasure, Jigarbov. So without further ado, I'd like to talk about Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Mm. You ready? I'm ready. It's great. And review.
1: Nice. Man, thank you, sponsors. Yeah,
0: thank you to all of our sponsors. Thank you, guys. Appreciate your continued support, and I hope all y'all have thanks, a great everybody. holiday yeah. season. All right, uh, so we're going to talk about the... Different generations. Uh, We're going to start with... I've I've labeled them with letters for some reason. Okay. Gen A. (laughs) Uh, Again, I didn't include all the systems for all the generations, but some some heavy hitters, I feel like, from this. The Nintendo Entertainment System and the Master System. Some games that I've included to kind of uh, light up your brain. Obviously, the The Legend of Zelda... Uh, Mario 1 through 3, Mega Man 2, Castlevania 1 and 3. Left out two there for a reason. Yep. Wonder Boy 3, Fantasy Star, Sonic the Hedgehog. That is Generation A. Generation B, we've got the Genesis, Super Nintendo, TurboGrafx-16. Some choice games. It was hard... Coming up with a concise list on some of these. Streets of Rage series, the Golden Axe series, Gunstar Heroes, Fantasy Star 2 through 4, Super Metroid, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound, Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6, um, Super Mario World, Super Metroid, Link to the Past, Bonk, Ease Book 1 and 2. Final Fantasy 5 did not come out in North America during this time, but still Super Famicom. Final Fantasy 5 did not come out in North America during this time, but it's still counted. Gen C, we got the PlayStation, N64, and Saturn. We got Final Fantasy VII, Ocarina of Time, Panzer Dragoon, Banjo Kazooie, Metal Gear Solid, Tekken 1 through 3, Radiant Silver Gun, Mario 64. Gen D, Dreamcast, PlayStation 2, and Xbox. God of War 1 (laughs) and 2, Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil Remake, Halo. Ani Musha, Panzer Dragoon Orta, Animal Crossing, Paper Mario in the Thousand Year Door, Sonic Adventure, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, House of the Dead, Jet Set Radio, Soul Calibur, Final Fantasy 10, 11, and 12, Shadow of the Colossus, Dragon Quest 8, Jenny. Two more Gens left, 360, PS3, and Wii. We've got Mass Effect, Bioshock, Last of Us, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Skyward Sword, Halo 3, Portal, Gears of War, Skyrim, Metal Gear Solid 4, Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. Last Generation, Wii U, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Uh, I didn't include very much here because it's the current generation. should be easy for us to talk about. Bloodborne, God of War, Spider-Man, Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, Smash Ultimate, <laughs> Persona 5, Witcher 3, Cuphead, and Bayonetta 2. Mm. Uh, so, this, this is meant to be a feel-good segment, It honestly is. I want you to talk about your experience with video games from any generation, any generation that really stuck out to you, or how your thoughts on games kind of evolved over time as you got older.
1: Oh, sure. I'll start at the beginning. Uh, I, when we got the nes i think i was two okay so i don't remember i don't really remember getting it i yeah. just remember playing games but i remember when i got zelda the original zelda that's what really kickstart everything for me i would say like i loved more and everything like that but zelda is like what really kind of drove me into games i would say like that i don't remember asking about it like getting it my dad said apparently i asked for it oh. for like a commercial and nice. i don't i don't remember that, but, uh, the NES, yeah, really kickstarted. I'd say everything. I loved playing Castlevania at my grandma's house. It'd freak me out. Yeah, kind of spooky vibes, dude. When you're like a little kid, dude, it was spooky yeah. for me.
0: Okay, but yeah, good times. Um, so, Brad, I want to stick on that Zelda thing sure. for a second. You said that was what really kickstarted it for you. What yeah. do you think it was about those initial experiences I with the Legend? Think of Zelda?
1: when I played Zelda, I'd never played anything like that. Just kind of like an, a world where I could explore, and it was full of secrets and mystery. Yeah. I didn't know a lot of stuff. Just, like, discovering things on my own, I think that was a huge part. Because, I'm, like, there was games, like, you know, you go around open world and stuff like that. But I never really played something at that time. That was, like, the first game I ever played that was like that. Nice.
0: Uh, Damiani, where did things kind of kickstart
2: for you in terms of video games? Well, I think the, the first time I saw Nintendo, I told the story a few times before, um, I was at a friend's house, and uh, I, they asked me to if I wanted to play Nintendo, and I didn't understand what they were asking. Uh, and when they showed me the controller, I thought it was a remote control. I thought it was just like some kind of TV channel thing. I was like, okay, it's like some cartoon show thing. And then he's like, no, 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 you use this to play the game. And, like, the, just that, I mean, it's obviously, like, a very early memory for me. Um, like, it was, like, late 80s, like, maybe 89 is when this happened, I think, around that time, like, 89, 90, like, so, NES had been out for a while, I, I, like, yeah, I was, like, too old, See, it was, like, uh, sorry, point. Yeah, I was too young to have, like, an NES when it, like, originally came out and stuff, but, like, just trying to remember, like, the, the feeling of being explained the concept of a video game for the first time, um, Yeah, that, the, like, had, like, just something so radically new that we take for granted now, like, it seems, like, ingrained everywhere, almost, like thinking about, like, the internet when it first came out. Like, we're old enough to, like, remember that, I think, most of us. And it's kind of, like, the same thing. It was, like, a, this monumental revelation that, oh, this is this is cool. It's a new thing. It's, like, an awesome new thing. Like, didn't know this exists. such a wonderful early experience yeah. that you don't get as much anymore, like, of that magnitude. It's really, really hard to get as you get older. And uh, it was Super Mario Brothers. And just, like, yeah, the concept of running and jumping and very simple and, you know, just the two-button input with, like, uh, moving around. Very, yeah, I just remember just – I don't know how well I did, how far I got. Just remember the this, this sense of awe and wonder of being able to do this, like, something, yeah. like, interactive like that. And then when I finally got an NES later – the uh, First game I got was uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Which and, one? Uh, one or two? Uh, the original one, first one. Okay. I've never played the game one that's really hard. No kid should ever have to try yep, and play two that is hard game. hard as hell. I had it. They're, sucks. they're both pretty hard for like a like <laughs> yeah, you know a young kid. Hard. But I got a lot of like I kept getting a lot of the the oddball games. I remember experiences like uh Akari Warriors came oh. up. and like, you know, this vertical like shoot like shooter with two soldiers going to like a jungle style. Then again, the tanks and stuff and like the, the the lettered weapons and stuff. My first introduction to that concept before even Contra, I was like, This is yeah, this is cool power ups and stuff, like the notion <laughs> of that. I mean uh, Contra like a lot of games I had to play at other people's houses too. Like, uh, first experience with Contra, someone else's house. First experience with, uh, Metroid, someone else's house. No idea how to play that game. Like, got to, like, first area, just went up and down, like, I have no idea what to do. Uh, same thing with, like, even, like, Zelda, first experience at someone else's house and stuff. Getting to experience it with, like, friends and them, like, showing me how to play it and stuff. And, like, digging through manuals and, and all that to, like, how do you play this and stuff. Like, that was important back then. And... It was just, but like for me, just a lot of non first party, uh, these like strange third party titles that just kept coming into our possession and stuff. And, and playing through those, like, a, several, uh, what was I'm trying to remember Rolling Thunder by a uh, Tengen game, one of those weird cartridge yes. looking ones. Oh. I had like that as well. And I was just like, these are so strange, but just so enthralling. Mm hmm. Um, the, the first memory I have playing games, you know, like you
0: said, I mean I've said this several times, was playing Mega Man 2 on the NES. And, you know, just, again, that sort of similar magical moment where it was like, I can move a character on the screen. Um, things didn't really start picking up for me until I got a Sega Nomad, which played really? Genesis games. Yeah. Um, and so the the NES was, like, kind of my introduction, but it wasn't the first video game system I had on my own, so I couldn't spend a ton of time with it. It was just going to the babysitter's house and playing it, or going to a friend's house and playing it. Um, But with both kind of the 8-bit and the 16-bit era, uh, with the age that I was in, um, there's a feeling that I miss from that time that you can never get back, but it is just not having anything to go on other than your own intuition and excitement. Yep. Like... Because I had such a good experience with Mega Man, I just wanted everything Mega Man. I watched the cartoon, and I loved it. When I got a Game Boy and found out there were Game Boy Mega Man games, I needed it. And just this feeling of, you know, I didn't know what reviews were. I didn't have social media to go ask questions. Just kind of this very pure drive to just sort of find... The own your own things that you loved and kind of take ownership over that stuff, and I feel like you can't really do that these mm-hmm. days. Uh, you know, other opinions are going to come in and flood you, and you know, I, I you talk about these oddball games, Damiani, and now I feel like there's sort of this cult, not cult. What, what would you call it? There's this sort of fondness for being like, oh man, I got this NES game from my grandmother and it was terrible. Hmm. And like, it's sure it's not a good game, but you still have this memory of it. There's still kind of this story built up around these games. And I feel like that doesn't happen in the same way anymore where like, if a game like that were to come out, uh, it would just be dismissed. You know, it would get like a 30 on Metacritic and people would forget about it. And that's kind of a shame. Uh, There's something kind of innocent and pure of being like, no, I'm going to play the Top Gun game because I really like that movie. <laughs> you know, I admire that simplicity uh, yeah, of of stuff. Yeah,
2: Ben, I just realized, you know, besides just being like calling him oddball, a lot of the games I ended up getting my, for myself from my parents or grandparents was uh, games based on shows or movies. Right, exactly. Ninja Turtles. I like. Yeah. I got Who Framed Roger Rabbit, spent a lot of time in that game, like uh, the Dick Tracy NES game, like stuff like that. Because I think. To a lot of people at that time, like a game based on a show, or movie, like made the most sense. That that's probably what a kid would like. Mm-hmm. Versus like, what's this first party Nintendo? Like the first party, that doesn't even turn probably anyone like used back then, uh, like consumer wise. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to think that maybe back then, in the, like the the late eighties, mid to late eighties, first party Nintendo stuff was not the mainstream like popular thing. It was the licensed stuff that right. like seemed to be what people gravitated towards, perhaps.
0: Brad, did you fall into any uh, licensing traps like that, where you got a game just because you know you're like Ninja Turtles or something? Uh,
1: like I had the, the Ninja game? Turtles the second one, which was the arcade port, mm-hmm. so it was like the beat em up one, which is yeah. actually awesome back right. then. Uh, I had Ghostbusters two on uh, Nintendo. It sucked. I, I hated it. It was so hard, dude. There, it's because there's the stupid load you're in the card, and you have to do jumps. Yeah, and it was like BS, man. I hated it. <laughs> uh, one game that was like not based off anything. I had the Bible game, dude. I had a Bible game. I had Genesis. the Bible game. Like, there yes. was an AVGN episode about this Bible game I had, and the, I remember the Doom it. one, right? Oh no, 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 no! It wasn't. Oh, it was okay. a side scroll. It had like three different games, and it had like Noah's Ark, I think Moses, something with Moses, and like David and Goliath. But my dad like remembers me like struggling to find like an animal in Noah, and just getting <laughs> so upset, and he felt bad for me that's really funny but it was like a black cartridge like one of those weird yeah. NES games yeah, yeah
0: mine was like that too um it kind of reminded me my memories of it are so vague and I don't have it anymore but it kind of reminded me of Dig Dug you were like Moses or Noah or somebody mm-hmm. and you're like digging through the ground and I think like rocks could smash oh, you God, I think it was like a top down perspective mm-hmm. it was not a good game yeah no and getting weird things like where's Waldo on Genesis yeah yeah. or wheel of fortune or monopoly
1: i actually I looked out i didn't get a lot of bad nes games when i looked at my my library when we had when we were kids man what was kind of curating that stuff for you i think my dad nice. i think my dad was just kind of on it i think my dad would ask like clerks or whatever like what was like the, the best games to kind of get like yeah i had ninja gaiden like one and three i had like a weird game, Clash of Demon Head, which I could never figure out as a kid like that. Just, like, weird, goofy games. I had Mario 1 and 3, but I was just like, my dad did pretty good, man. Like, yes. I knew a lot of kids that had, like, terrible NES games.
0: How did uh, Ninja Gaiden treat you as a kid? I didn't encounter the original Ninja uh, Gaiden. I never beat it when favorite. I was a kid. Yeah,
1: I got... I can't remember how far I got in the original ones, but... Yeah, it was hard, man. So, question.
0: Uh, when I was a kid, the, the approach that I had to video games is is a lot different than I had now, where especially during the 8 and 16-minute eras, games would be so hard for me that I never had it in my mind, like, oh, I need to finish this. That wasn't Mm -hmm. really my drive. I just enjoyed spending time with the games. Mm -hmm. So it would be like, okay, I get to play video games. I'll play for as long as I can. If I die and then get kicked back out to the menu, that's fine. I'm just along for the ride. Uh, What was your kind of, I guess, mentality with approaching games? Did you
1: just play to have fun? Did you want to
0: finish them? Did you
1: get frustrated
0: and salty at
1: games? It was kind of like I could I could just play a game just to play a game yeah you know, like I could just play Mario was, Brothers just like over and over again like whatever I definitely remember m- like making a mission to beat Zelda I definitely remember trying to do that I had to call Nintendo hotline to like find out stuff because no one knew like my neighbor would come over we try to figure it out like I like I had to beat that game
0: Brad I wrote a letter into Nintendo Power that's
1: oh, so um, awesome.
0: And it was about characters in Smash. I asked about Luigi and Jigglypuff for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like how to unlock them or or what. what? But yeah. I remember, and they gave me like the nicest reply back. Nintendo Power was
1: yeah, I loved Nintendo Power.
0: Did many uh, were games frustrating for you as a kid?
2: Um, I'm gonna say like I didn't. I don't think I beat many games at all as a kid like at that age Mm -hmm. like nes and i i think it i think i agree with your what you your mindset was ben that it was more about just getting to play the game yeah and it was like it was a rare treat when a game was actually beaten, like like beating the original super mario brothers was a big deal um, and even like trying to beat it again was like seemed like a, a huge accomplishment. yeah, um but there were just some games, a lot of the games that felt out of reach. It was more about I know how to play this one level. I'm gonna play it and stuff because I have a lot of fun doing it, and then I'll move on to this other game. and I'll play this level over here and stuff. and it was just I don't know, yeah, it was just, it was more about like the, the enjoyment of going through these worlds and seeing that this this realm of video games existed versus any kind of like compulsion or need to have to finish them. And certainly, I wasn't thinking any like critical capacity whatsoever. Too young, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Did I? I think later on, though, was when especially we were still talking about NES games, is when I cared a little bit more about. Hey, I want to like finish this game. You know, the big one was like Zelda Two. That was like. Oh. Unfors- like unforsaken did
0: you finish Zelda 2 as a kid because uh, so that's amazing
2: originally I played it like I could the best I could do is beat the first dungeon that was like a huge yeah. deal for me and even just reaching the second one was like the the holy grail of like oh, I've gone so far in this game but it was so mysterious and and like difficult but when I got older as a teenager um, and you know the advent of the like the, the like internet had been around and I discovered oh there's guides and stuff yep definitely looked up like the maps and stuff and how to do it. I was like, I was, like I'm going to sit down and use these guides and I'm going to beat Zelda too. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it ending. I haven't even seen halfway through this game. I want to like, see how this goes. I remember like having those printouts and stuff, bring out the, the, the pages <laughs> from the, 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 online like strategy guide too. and my just like had so it in a folder. The parents gave to me and just, I don't know how long it took, but I eventually did it. And it was like the coolest thing. Like, I think, nowadays there might be like sometimes at some point there might have been a stigma or even like a knock against using a guide on like your first time to yeah. beat something yeah whereas back then it seemed like obvious obvious thing to do it felt good and sometimes it felt like a necessity as well that yeah. the, the, it was almost how the game was meant to be played in some instances like you needed this companion thing to sh- like to to help you along and it made it way more enjoyable and yeah i wouldn't like trade that i was like you know I would have still been lost in that game if I'd never had that.
0: Um, there are some moments where I feel like you have them and you wish. And it's it's like kind of a a moment it feels like for everybody. and for later generations, you wish you could kind of bring them back in time to show them. I imagine like seeing Star Wars in the theater during its initial release was probably an amazing moment. What well, was that moment for me? was playing Mario 64 for the first time. (laughs) That is a moment I will never forget because it wasn't like I knew Mario 64 was coming out and it was like, oh, hey, go here to play it. It was just being in a mall, you know, your mom is shopping and you go and you see this station. It was, I think it was Sears. They had an N64 set up and like going from... I didn't know this existed to this is what video games are now. Like, just some of the most raw... Like, that moment was more effective to me as a kid than any magic show that I saw. Like, controlling a character in a 3D space like that and seeing the environments and jumping through a painting, like... I feel bad, like Mario 64 is still an incredible game, it still holds up, that game is sweet if you go and you play it now, but I really wish I could take people back in time and, and kind of have them, sh- show them what what I felt and what I saw, and just seeing that sharp transition from 2D to 3D like that Yeah, um, was really magical. Uh Damiani, were you a little bit more plugged in at that point? I mean, were you aware yeah, that, that, that of Mario sixty four? Very 64? Soon have you
2: been, Yeah, I, I, that, I, very cognizant that I was more aware of Mario sixty four and Nintendo sixty four coming. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, around like maybe the yeah like the mid nineties, like probably a year before, uh, I had Nintendo Power subscriptions. I was actively reading them. And they were touting like Nintendo 64 was coming, okay. and uh, I also got sent those VHS tapes, those promo videos. Star can watch Fox, on media, baby! All those famous ones. They sent one out for Nintendo 64. And I used to watch that once a day. Dude. Because. Dude. I so thought I thought those three people, they invited three kids to go to Nintendo to check out the Nintendo 64 and play, like, the games and stuff. Like, I play Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. And they like, tease a bunch of other games coming. And I was like, those are the coolest kids in the yeah. world. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I would watch that because, you, I mean, you use the word magical, but there really isn't another way to put it, that experience at that young age. Right. Is that. Seeing games in 3D, um, especially games I had been playing for 2D for 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 so long as a kid, like a few years seems like a lifetime to you because it is like a lifetime to you, and then seeing it presented in like a, literally a whole new dimension, and just the possibilities that were being shown to me in these video clips, I, I just couldn't wait to get my hands on that. I was like, I need. I need to play this, and I remember you. You said Sears. Mine was at Toys R Us. Okay, like these kiosks were. uh, They were everywhere. Mm -hmm. Toys R Us was very important to my gaming life. Yeah, and I remember
0: uh, (laughs) getting the by seeing the the wall where you like get the slip. Oh my god, the slip wall, yeah, and then going to the the, yeah. yeah, yeah, Rest rest
2: in peace, those days. Yeah, Um, yeah, the kiosk, playing it for the first time. uh, Things I remember just like just being dazzled by it being holy crap how do i walk in this like how do i walk straight in this game right i said like my first 30 minutes were just learning to move around in 3d it was it was such an experience and such that's such a learning experience but so wonderful to have and i just remember very fondly playing through that game all the different like worlds the the painting worlds to go through and it was like it was being like it was like being charmed by a spell essentially yeah and as we've gotten further away from that time period and as getting older, very few experiences have come like, actually, I would say since the N64 PlayStation era, nothing has replicated that potency of that feeling. But I've gotten, like, morsels of it as time has gone on from other games. So this is, like, to me, this generation was the last time I felt, like, you know, completely spellbound. By games to this degree because i think it was a combination of age you know and you know not you know had not experienced so many things at that point and it was like a first time that games were leaping from 2d to 3d and it wasn't just mario 64 i want to give shout outs to playstation and uh kingsfield kings uh, the kingsfield yeah uh this going around like in first person through these 3d environments it was so hard You kingsfield as a kid no, no, I didn't get anywhere, but like just oh, okay. the fact that I could walk around and see these monsters, mm-hmm. a skeleton come out, like exploring a castle in 3D just was mind-blowing. And those two experiences back to back pretty much cemented that I was like I I just want to keep playing these things. These are great. Um now
0: I we have the the absolute privilege of I feel like Getting able to cover uh, hopefully a fairly wide spectrum of games. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm playing stuff on a bunch of different platforms and, and you know, following uh, mm-hmm. a pretty wide net of interests. Uh, was there ever a generation for you where you either took a break from games or your interests narrowed quite heavily or just life got in the way and you couldn't be as heavily invested in games? For me, I definitely think that was college. Uh, where a, a lack of income and a desire to, you know, get to know people in the dorm room. Mm-hmm. I was playing a lot of very specific types of things. I was playing a lot of Call of Duty. I was playing Team Fortress 2. I was playing Halo. I was playing Street Fighter. But that kind of came at the cost of other single-player experiences. Yes. Hmm. Did that happen to you at all for you guys?
1: No. I. So, um, as you know, me and Mike were friends Like, growing up since uh, first grade, pretty much kindergarten. So, like, even as stuff faded away, me and Mike were always, like, uh, friends dropping out of games, stuff like that, doing other stuff. We still hung out with all the people. Me and Mike were always the two kind of together, kind of communicating with each other about stuff. So, like, me and Mike would lend each other games all the time and stuff like that. So, I would get to play stuff I would never have done. Like, Mike showed me Katamari Damacy the first time. And I, like, never heard of it or anything like that, and that was a really awesome thing, and I would share games with Mike and stuff like that. So we'd go back and forth. So, I mean, there was definitely systems I didn't have, so I missed out on some games, but I never felt like I missed out on a generation. Okay.
3: Hmm.
1: Uh, Damiani, were you
0: pretty much Nintendo growing up, or did you also have a PlayStation? Did you you get an Xbox right away? What was kind of that development for you? Um,
2: Growing up, the uh, NES, uh, I mean NES, we pretty much got an NES like a year or two before Super Nintendo came out. Mm. Um, so for me, it was NES, Super NES, and N sixty four. For me, uh, my younger brother uh, got a Genesis uh, and then a PlayStation. So he was always the the op- like the other console, yeah. essentially. So between us, we were able to play uh, like the games we wanted and stuff. But you know. Genesis games, like my brother was during during the early times. My b- brother was very protective of the Genesis, and so he got a little annoyed if I ever tried to like play it. And I always wanted to like go play. I wanted, I wanted to play Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. Um, he had the 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 Formula and racer game, uh, Race a game, a virtual race. It was a virtual racer or the 3D model racer on mm-hmm. uh, yeah. on Genesis. That one I like wanted to always try out and stuff because I was like it just was a 3D game and looked awesome. And he had one other game, I forget now, that was on there. And I always wanted to, like, try them out. And he was very protective. But once he got a, a PlayStation, um, that was, like, uh, my window into, like, that as well. And uh, I never, like, I did not own a PlayStation system until... Uh, college and i bought a used ps1 actually and my uh, my roommate and other friends had a ps2 so i had to play on other people's ps2s in college um and uh i had i had the gamecube in college but uh did not have an xbox did not have a place to my own but between our roommates we all had one of those gotcha. systems that's pretty sweet yeah yeah so growing up it was mostly nintendo because i don't think anyone had personally had more than one system for themselves mm. um we had two sets of grandparents and one would buy one for each of us essentially and they wouldn't buy each of us the same one. ones how it worked so that's the only reason we got two consoles because like we had very generous grandparents right. so my parents were like you should like only one console is enough and they would be like no they should each have their own and stuff and when they saw us fighting they were like okay it makes sense they should probably have their own so they stopped fighting and stuff yeah <laughs> uh
0: Something that I miss, and th- this isn't a good thing. Like you couldn't, you could never bring it back. And maybe I just got really lucky. But thinking back to old game magazines, and this this still happens on the internet. But I think uh, because there are so many voices to little to listen to, it kind of gets swallowed up. But I remember just feeling like game magazines would be like, listen, this is gonna change your life. There's never been a game like this before. If you don't play this, you suck. I remember that being the tone of Final Fantasy VII
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when that was coming
0: yep. out. Uh. Like, I swear from what I was reading, from what I was seeing, people were treating it like the second coming. And I had no experience with Final Fantasy, didn't know anything about Final Fantasy. I was like, well, I, I guess I better pick this up. And it was just because of they just kind of bulldozed me with their opinion that I picked up Final Fantasy VII. And you know what? You're goddamn right. Yeah. <laughs> it changed my life. Like I was I was I was obsessed with Final Fantasy Seven just from a a presentational standpoint, the way that they kind of transitioned from in-game graphics to the cinematics. It's still pretty impressive. Yeah. Obviously the music is incredible. Like I was so in love with Final Fantasy Seven that I would take the guide with me to other places just because I didn't I wanted more Final Fantasy Seven. Um And I felt like that would happen a lot. Uh, I remember like Metal Gear Solid 2 kind of being treated with similar hyperbole. um, And me just kind of being lucky and kind of buying into that. And it working out time and time again. Was there anything that was very hyped up for you guys that let you down? Oh, let me down? down.
2: Oh. That's tough, dude. (sighs) Maybe... Maybe one of the later rare games, like maybe Jet Force Gemini. I mean, they weren't hyped. I mean, it's obviously Nintendo power hyping up, but um, yeah, I remember there's a lot of buzz about Force Jet Force Gemini, Gemini and I just couldn't get into it. Sure. And that was just more like a yeah. I don't know. if I wouldn't necessarily the game is bad. Say the game is bad or anything, but uh, I definitely had those moments though. Yeah. That, those magazine moments, and Final Seven was one of them. The I obviously I didn't have the PlayStation and like playing a long RPG like that wasn't really gonna fly with my brother having it, mm-hmm. so I didn't get to experience that game until way after it came out. But also I was confused because the whole numbering thing. I did play <laughs> Final Fantasy two the other the Super right, Nintendo one, sure. and also I'm like, where would the other four go or three go? You know, I was like, the wait, what? Where, where where's four, five, six? Now we're on seven. So I was just like, so I felt like I was going to miss out on it but also another big one that i like missed out on but everyone every magazine was saying this could be a huge thing was was shenmue Mm -hmm. like everyone was saying like it's like the second coming of like the greatest game of all time and uh, every magazine just like was like hyping it up and i'm like i don't have a dreamcast i'm not gonna be able to get a dreamcast i'm not gonna get to play this game that everyone else is gonna be like too cool for me you (laughs) know uh
0: i want to talk a little bit about the the gamecube era Yeah. Um, and a sentiment that I remember being thrown around at the time and and just I think the GameCube specifically is a system where my mind has changed the most. And the GameCube has contains so many of some of the best games that I've ever played. But I remember being at school and people shitting on Wind Waker because of how it looked where they wanted it to be serious, where they wanted it to be gritty. Um, And I remember that being kind of a pervasive feeling at the time. And now it's funny to go back and to to see people rightfully revere that style and really appreciate uh, how different of a turn it took compared to past games. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, Animal Crossing also being heavily ridiculed because it's like, what do you even do? This isn't a real game. This is lame. Uh, That kind of uh, sensation about games. And so it's interesting uh, where a lot of those things now just have
1: this respect that I just personally wasn't seeing uh, at the time. Uh, I remember when Wind Waker was coming out, And I was super hyped for it, Ben. I remember being at, like, a family reunion in Utah or something and just at a game store, and, like, there was Wind Waker boxes on the top shelf because the game wasn't out yet or something like that. I just remember looking at the back and being so hyped to play this game. Yeah. Like, even though I wanted the realistic graphics, I was like, oh, Zelda, though. You know, I got to play it, man. And I remember the first day of playing that game at my house, man, just enthralled with the game, just loving it, man. One of my friends came over, and he's like, Oh, this looks kind of weird. He's like, "This is Zelda." I was like, "Yeah," and he goes, "Huh?" Then he started watching me play, and he's like, "Oh, this is really cool. I really he, like." This. He turned around. Yeah,
0: on it. yeah. Uh, I will say that an early memory of Wind Waker that I had that was negative that didn't have anything to do with the way the game looked uh, because I was I was into this style. Mm-hmm. Um, I I and I to this day I remember being really impressed by Tetra and being like, "Oh, okay, like yeah. you're you're doing something cool with this character." Um, I still think Tetra is awesome, but I, the the Ganon Fortress, I did not like the, the first time I played it. Yeah, the sneaking part. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was way too long. <laughs> um, it felt like I kept getting caught out and thrown into a dungeon in ways that felt kind of cheap. It's it's not that bad. I think I just wasn't used to it at the time, and it really caught me off guard. I don't I don't mind it so much now. Still, not a part I love, but I remember that being kind of a, sure, a yeah. negative early impression um but yeah i just were there any generations i guess of games where your opinion about them has gotten more or less favorable over time
1: hmm i remember when the dreamcast was out i thought it was cool i never had one though so i don't know i was like ah but it's okay i i don't need to i don't need it kind of thing like that like sure. ps2's coming i'm waiting for ps2 kind of thing a lot of people felt that way Brad. but like there's so many crazy Dreamcast games I didn't even know about yeah. when I was younger. So, because my first console was a
0: Nomad, I, I had kind of this, this loyalty to Sega, right. I felt like. Even though I didn't have a Saturn, which was weird, but I, I still felt a strong fondness for Sega. Dude,
1: like, I knew one kid
0: that had a Saturn. It yeah. was, like, rare, man. And... I think what it was for me with the Dreamcast specifically is is playing that demo of Sonic Adventure yep. and still like just yep. loving Sonic so much that like after playing the Sonic Adventure demo, I needed a Dreamcast, and that was rewarded with so many cool games like getting Jet Jet Set Radio, Jet Grind Radio, oh, Jet Grind Radio, and blew uh, my mind. I played that playing that. It was so amazing. Power Stone was so amazing. House of the Dead Two was so amazing. Yeah. So I, I had a lot of fondness for the dreamcast i looked front.
1: out though because a lot of my friends had dreamcast though so mm. i could play it at nice. their house like nice. mike had it and mike had like both the the guns for house of the dead I feel like so
0: you getting the Huber system like we built, both of you benefited yeah, in like, such like it, an it was unfair, cause, you know, awesome way. it was like
1: at that age like if one of your friends like your good friends has a system you're usually okay you usually don't need to get it yourself mm-hmm. especially like uh like the dreamcast perfect example like i got to play a lot of games but there's still a lot i didn't know about sure um,
0: it's it's hard. It's the first time doing this segment. I feel like we could kind of go on and, and talk yeah. about different generations. We didn't really talk about the the three hundred and sixty PS three or current gen so much. Mm-hmm. We focused a lot on the earlier stuff. But I think that's you know because we don't get to talk about those things as much on Frame Trap, and so it's nice yeah. to visit those things. I do want to start raking the generations. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do want to start uh, running through things, and we'll do we'll do a rundown real quick. So Gen A NES. Master System, Gen B, Genesis, Super Nintendo, TurboGrafx 16, Gen C, PlayStation, N64, Saturn, Gen D, Dreamcast, PS2, Xbox, GameCube, Gen E, 360, PS3, Wii, Gen F, Wii U, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Whew. I have a strong, f- I swear to God, I have a strong fondness for every single one of these guys. Because there's
1: certain like, moments in my life I attach to each. Separate uh, generation that right. I love. Um, it's tough because something
0: like the NES for me, I can go back and so many of those games I still enjoy so much but I feel like it's maybe a little bit more inconsistent. Sure. I I actually feel that way kind of also about the PlayStation N64 Saturn era where a lot of those games are so good, but so many of those early 3D games don't really hold up and I don't want to go back and play them mm-hmm. or they've been iterated on to the point where I'd rather just play updated versions of those games. And so when I'm looking at it, to me, it's kind of like Gen A NES Master System and Gen-C, PlayStation, C 4 Saturn, are kind of maybe at the bottom for me. I'm not sure. What do you guys think?
1: I don't know, man. Are, like, are we counting like you could play old games on newer systems or stuff like that, or just the games associated with that system? Like,
0: No, I mean, I, I kind of... When I'm talking about... Regardless of whether or not you're playing them on like virtual console mm-hmm. or however you're playing them, I'm still counting that as part of the older generation. Okay. Like, I don't think you can make an argument... Because we're focusing on the games, I guess, is okay.
1: point. Okay, uh, yeah. I'll rake it by, like, me in that moment when I was playing them kind of thing like that, I sure, guess. that's fine. One of, like, the top things for me is just N64, because of, like, how many friends I have We all play local games. I see. Like, playing Goldeneye. Yeah. Like, one of the greatest things. Playing Smash Brothers, one of the greatest things. Um, like, playing Ocarina of Time, life-changing. Super Mario 64, life-changing, anything like that. Like for sure, there's definitely weak games in there, but I'm just thinking about my time, in life playing those types of games.
0: That's a good point, Brad. I guess I was thinking about it from the perspective of now, but, but yeah, some you, of the I best. I think you experience- could do
1: that though too. Right. Like I think it, they're both valid. I'm just like I don't know if I'm ranking necessarily the best way, but I'm just ranking how where I was in time at that point.
0: Absolutely. I think just for me and ranking this stuff, I feel like we got to either start at the top or we got to start at the sure, bottom. Absolutely. Um any strong opinions
2: damiani um i i do feel that gen a by the category uh, yeah like they are definitely standout games but even recently going back to like the the nes channel on the switch just seeing how <laughs> many games that no matter what you do even if you were like around to play them back in the day just trying to play them again in 2018 just shows that We've come a long way and it's really hard to go back and play a lot of those games. some have definitely aged pretty well but a lot have not yes and I understand it's a generation that's like credited for like revitalizing and bringing back video games from the brink and that that's important and everything but in terms of like ranking like in terms of the greatest I, I I have to put it actually pretty like low as well sure. Um, Like, towards the bottom. I'd put it towards the bottom. Okay. And uh, I'm, I I think I like, when I think about what I want to play more, I'd rather play PS1, N64, Saturn era games over NES uh, Master System games yeah. any day of the week. So I would definitely put Gen uh, C above A. Like that that's what I'm leaning towards. So they'd both be kinda low and I'd put C above A and we're talking about like the bottom stuff. I I just have to agree with all of that.
0: And so I will position that we have the NES master system era at the bottom. Okay. For that reason. Okay. Can we all agree on that? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So NES master system at the very bottom. Uh it's tough, man, because the PlayStation in Sixty Four er- era have some of my favorite games st- still to this day. Metal Solid 1 is still my favorite game. Mm-hmm. I still think it holds up. I still think it's very playable. Oh Amazing. Um and the PS1 era has kind of some of the most important RPGs to me ever, and I don't think those age as poorly because they aren't so reliant on control right. in a lot of ways. It's more about the characters and the storytelling and the the battle systems uh, and how those are presented. So, I don't know. Uh, what do we think about the 360 PS3 Wii era? I or- mean,
2: I... Of all, like a very generation. Well, the problem I'm having is the most recent generation. Like, I don't want to give it that high. <laughs> the one we're on right yeah, now. Yeah, like, I, 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 I feel. Really, I feel weird about it's not done yet. So, like, I feel sure. weird. I know, like, we pointed good stuff, but like, I don't think it's in my weird, like, like rule set in my head. I'm, like, I'm not like it's my mind saying don't let it go any way higher than mid tier, like, of the ranking. Damiani, I'm with you,
0: to a degree. Um, but uh, for me personally, I, like I, I, that process makes sense, but in my opinion, I, I, I'm almost willing to say like the switch is already, it's already better than the Wii U. I don't think that's controversial at all.
2: I think it's better than the Wii. Like, yeah, but like, I think it's weird. The Wii U is a weird in between thing. Like, you'll hear hear people who get, like, our category, categorization of these gens. Yeah. There are going to be people who are angry that we're putting Wii U in with... I mean, it's the, hard to I place. know. That's what it is. But people yeah. are going to be like, no, you should be judging Wii 360, PS3, and Wii U its own weird, like, thing. To, to I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not
0: going to give Wii U its own generation. I know. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I know. That's, that's the thing.
2: <laughs> it, it is, yeah, it's, it's generally put in the... It's generally grouped in with... Uh, PS4, yeah. Xbox One, sure. and Switch. You know that that's how it is and stuff. And you know, Wii U just it has good games, but like that that system was also a disaster. I, but so I also
0: think even the PS4 has already made a strong case for itself. Yeah. Uh, as as not only being a great system in its own right, but kind of standing up to a leg- to the legacy of a lot of these other PlayStation systems. I'm
2: also having a hard time parsing remembering the games that were originally ps3 360 games that have now been like remastered on ps4 so like they exist in both domains um like games like also like with the yeah yeah, always backwards compatibility but like honestly i'm leaning towards gen b and d being the top for me uh the yeah that's that those two are towards the top so here's yeah this is my thought process i already said what should be near the bottom i think b and d should be the near the top and then it's between the current gen F and B? E, F and E, right? Oh. Are those the last two we have, F and E? Uh, so e if and, we if e we put
0: F? the Genesis, Super Nintendo... Um, these letters have made it so confusing. That's my bad. We put Genesis, Super Nintendo, and TurboGrafx, and, as well as Dreamcast, PlayStation yeah. 2, Xbox, and GameCube near the top, and we we were putting any SMS system at the bottom, that means we'd have to sort out... PlayStation in 64 Saturn and 360, 360 ps3 Wii and Wii U PS4 Xbox
3: one
2: and that's search. where I'm at It's like sorting those 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 three out in the middle like yeah from that that thing I don't think any of those three uh in my to me don't beat out the ps2 GameCube, Xbox era, or Super Nintendo Genesis uh, Saturn era, or not Saturn era uh, whatever the hell else was out that or we didn't even say all the like weird spin-off stuff. stuff. Oh yeah, we're trying to do the, the yeah, big yeah. The hitters Super here. Super Nintendo Saturn. Earth I'm going to make Genesis. an
0: argument because I've I've actually always when we when it's come to ranking systems and we've talked about it, you know, with other allies mm-hmm. and stuff, and we've talked about it on podcast. I've always fallen in the line of the SNES era being the best. Sure, because those games are so playable. They're still so classic. It's hard to say anything bad about like Chrono Trigger. It's hard to say anything bad uh, about Super Metroid. Um, A lot of these games... However, I'm going to change my tune this time and argue that the Dreamcast, PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube are actually the best because of A, how crazy diverse... That generation of system is... I feel like, just in terms of ideas, you get so wild in a way that under generations can't match in terms of, like, the breadth of its weirdness. And I I feel like things like Paper Mario and the Thousand-Year Door and Animal Crossing and Eternal Darkness um, and a lot of stuff on PlayStation 2 just get so... Crazy, but still good. Like, you st- you kind of have the best of both worlds. I feel like you have an abundantly creative time for video games, but you still have a lot of stunners. And even the things that are stunners are filled with new ideas. Like, Halo was really a huge turning point yeah. for first-person shooters on consoles. So it had a lot of new, but there was just this incredible amount of polish to it. Resident Evil 4, taking the Resident Evil series and just, like, flipping it out on its head, it's just... Such an exciting time for video games that I don't know will ever be matched
2: again. Yeah, <laughs> that crazy. So I mean, I, I could see
1: that. Yeah,
0: I would. I would position that as the top.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it's a tough decision. I just see like the Genesis and Super Nintendo were some of the the some of the best RPGs come out of that era and they From still are some and of like best the birth games. of a lot of series and or the rise to popularity of a lot of the series were helped by those the those platforms i mean you saw like obviously continuation like like final fantasy doing great on there you saw the star ocean series begin on super famicom you saw like the tale series even technically began at that period uh, all the the fantasy the original fantasy star games the mm-hmm. lunar games like just well, th- fantasy starts
0: started on master system.
2: Master system. Okay, sorry, I always get that confused and stuff. That's right. But the, there I just rem- like uh, this is like on Super Nintendo illusion of Gaia. We talk about Chrono Trigger, Earthbound. Talk about being like like you know innovative and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Earthbound is still. S- Secret of Mana was also at that time period. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean not just that like it felt like the, it felt like I mean it re- had reached like a, a golden age of like just 2D games and yeah. not just like RPGs like we had so many great platformers fighting games at that time like and Street they're Fighter they're so
0: beautiful yeah like Street yep. Fighter
2: 2 the, the digitized real life images of Mortal Kombat Combat, yeah. still working on One, there to an extent 1, 2, and 3 on there yeah um, seeing like uh, even like arcade style games did like, MK3 like,
0: come out on 60-minute consoles?
2: yep mm-hmm. okay Super Nintendo, baby. Um, like Smash TV, like Super Smash TV. Like seeing the like the evolution of NES games, to Super Nintendo. How like much more expansive and and like complex they got, and seeing that evolution was really good. And yeah, I don't, I like. It's just really tough because I think some of the best iterations of series, especially like the best 2D expression of them, came out during that period. But at the same time. The GameCube, PS2, Xbox era saw same type of evolution. Like, ones that didn't successfully trans- transform in the previous generation either got a chance during that. Like, Metroid did not make the jump in N64 era. It finally made the jump during GameCube. And, like, holy crap. That was something we did not expect seeing Metroid Prime, right. um, but like seeing even like new and potentially arguably better iterations, you know, for debate, but yeah, like Resident Evil 4, like we'd seen Resident Evil thrive on the previous generation, but now all sudden RE4 comes like, we're going to change things up. We're going to like evolve this series in a way you didn't expect it to do. And it's like, okay, this is amazing. I mean, you saw like Halo console shooter. Yes, we had Goldeneye, which is great. But Halo is arguably like the start of like the modern console shooter mm-hmm. yeah. that we know today. Like starting at that period, even like Final Fantasy, going from like pre-rendered backgrounds with 3D models to fully 3D mm-hmm. environments. You know the more uh, the more common use of voice work um, at that po- that period. In game cutscenes looking better, so they didn't have to rely so much on full motion video mm-hmm. like, like CG. Just, like, really good advancements at that. I mean, like, that was pretty much the advent of online, too. Like, online console gaming became more common at that point as well. That's, like, easily overlooked. That's something that I actually really want to give
0: credit to for the 360, PS3, and Wii era is... I I, Like, yes, you were going online with the Dreamcast and with the PS2, and there were great things that came out of that, but... Like, 360 generation is really where you nailed... Yeah. This is an online infrastructure. Absolutely. Here is digital distribution for games. And I, I, I think because it came into its own so much, you have to give a lot of credit to that generation for it. Brad, I feel like we're at an impasse between the 16-bit generation and... Oh,
1: I can... And, uh, oh, between... If PS- um, you had to pick I one... I think I would pick... Like, Super Nintendo is one of my favorite consoles of all time, but yeah. I feel like probably the PS2... Dreamcast, Xbox era has like more, I would say, strengths to it. Gotcha, but like, I mean, I love all these things. So I'm fine, I'm kind of whatever. Is I'm like taking the easy way out, I guess. PS2
2: also had a great amount of RPGs. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, it, I, I, to me, yeah. it's Super Nintendo, PS2, and then like GBA DS, like hand, like Nintendo handheld, They're like the right. three best, you know, RPG platforms for. I mean, besides PC, I mean, being
0: PC able PC. to use your video game system for something other than playing games, DVD player, a DVD player oh, yeah, pretty nuts. big
2: deal. Yeah, that that too. Like that yeah. be, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, from CD player to DVD player, and like a more than yeah, they become more than just video game machines. Right mm-hmm. at that at that point, which was a big deal, uh, definitely for that. But yeah. I like. I feel like we're getting other important games during that period. Oh yeah, like Shadow of the Classes came out that point. Shadow of the Classes. Yeah, yeah. both of those. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Dragon Quest Eight. Like. All right.
0: I'm gonna. I'm gonna tentatively put PS2, GameCube, Xbox on here. Okay. At number one. Okay. Gonna put uh, 16-bit right below that. Um. I agree, Damian. I think you bring up a good point with where the generation isn't over. Um. I feel like right now I might look upon the PS4, Xbox One, Switch era more fondly than the 360, PS3, Wii era, but I think kind of in line with your argument, I'd be willing to put the 360, PS3, Wii era above it and let this play out, and so we can get kind of more of a... Because it's interesting, like, I, I think about games like Portal and... Bioshock and Mass Effect very 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 fondly and I think those games did so many amazing things and Portal I think still absolutely holds up but like Mass Effect and Bioshock have taken a little bit of a hit not because they're not amazing games or they weren't amazing at the time I just don't think they've they've held up maybe quite as well as I expected them to Um, like Bioshock is still cool but it, it can't didn't gra- it doesn't grab me the same way that it did when I first played it. Huh. Whereas, like some of these other games, um, especially like the Super Nintendo games, I could still go and, and feel that magic.
2: Yeah, I also would argue against the current generation. I would argue like Xbox One hasn't done enough to to match up to the its previous iterations. But sure. Especially when compared to three hundred and sixty, it's yeah, it's not even close. Um, I know there were great games on Wii U. But uh, the 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 selection was really harsh. I, so you're looking at Switch and PS4, and if you if you want to lump in PC stuff. But like looking back at like the PS3 360 Wii generation, we've named several Wii games, right? Like the Galaxy games. Right. You know, we we mentioned. Uh, uh, I mean, the stuff that's on there. But like with PS3, um, like the Uncharted series starting yep. there. You had, um, I mean, it was multi-platform, but like, you know, you had Devil May Cry 4 come out at that point. You had uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 come out, that generation. You also had, um, like, favorites of mine, like Valkyria Chronicles started on PS3. Nino Cooney was on PS3. <laughs> um, you have a lot of really good games that came out for ps3 and, and a lot of great multi, uh, multi-platform multi games coming out on 360 and we had really good exclusives uh, not the missed out on a lot of third-party support obviously but it's first-party offerings like you know mario kart uh mario kart Wii was like fun on that as well brawl you know came out was like exciting for that you had twilight princess and skyward sword come out on that system um, yeah, it had a lot of good entries, but I think people overlook how much stuff actually came out on PS3 and what that system, like, uh, God of War 3. Like, people, like, loved that game when it came out. It was, like, the scale and that. Demon Souls and Dark Demon Souls. Demon's Souls and, and dark, souls, dark Souls, yep. It's, like, waiting for that ba- Based on
0: the conversations mm-hmm. that we have now, we've had uh, in this time, I've come up with a tentative ranking of this of the generations. So at the very bottom... We've got NES Master System. Above that, we've got PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, and Switch. Above that, I have the PlayStation N64 and Saturn. Above that, I have the 360, PS3, and Wii. Above that, I've got the 16-bit consoles, Genesis, SNES, Graphics, and above that, uh, I, at the very top, I have the PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. Okay. The, the only thing that I'm not quite sure on is... Like, I don't know if the PlayStation, N64, and Saturn should be above or below the 360 PS3
3: Wii. That's right the only thing I that. would
1: switch is these two around. You, and you but, would like, switch them I'm around? I'm cool with them being where it is because I love them all, but I just think back on the PlayStation Super and N64 super fondly. Brad, I'm glad you said that. And how many games I loved on there. Like, all three Final Fantasies on that thing. Yeah. Final Fantasy, like, any Square Enix game, period on that. All the, like, the Tony Hawk games on there. Just like any, actually, just like any JRPG, because I love those. There's so many good JRPGs on there. So many great party games to play with people on N64. I don't know why, Brad, but you just
0: sang Tony Hawk. And Dude, be like, Tony yeah, Hawk it has one to be this and way. two were it just has so to, sick.
1: Yes, Tony Hawk
0: three. But was I mean, so sick. I love
1: the 360 P, PS3 and Wii too. So I mean, I'm cool with it either way. But I just thought I'd throw that in there,
0: Brad. I, I I'm hard. It's hard to disagree with you, man. I think at the bottom we've got NES Master System. Above that, we have. PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, and Switch, second to last. Third to last, we have the 360, PS3, and Wii. Then we have the PlayStation ACC4 and Saturn at third best. Then we have 16-bit at second best. And at the very top, we have the PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. And it's crazy because a few years ago, like three or four years ago, I never would have put PS2, GameCube, and Xbox at the very top. Sure. But that... That's how my opinions have changed. Damiani, do you like
2: that list? It's one I can live with. Okay. I would I mean I I personally switch one and two, but is, they're very close. They're very close to yeah, me. Yeah, sure, right. yeah. Like I very can, close I to can me too. live with this.
0: Okay. Um so we're we're at the end of the first game fiesta. I know we've talked about generations and stuff before, but I thought at the end of the year would be fun to kind yeah, of take a broad look. look, look. I think maybe next year we should go maybe a little bit narrower yeah, and have sure. have a more <laughs> comprehensive discussion. But I hope you guys had fun Heck talking yeah, about the the lifetime of video games of course viewer please give your feedback but it's time for the most exciting part emperor bloodworth's opinion he actually gave me two different rankings wait what wow <laughs> like, so he like no he, he ranked them and he was like no wait i gotta dude wow. i gotta change them
1: that's a lot of text
0: yeah it is it's a lot of text okay all right, so we'll see. We'll, 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 get, we'll count this as blood points. So cool. every time our opinion matches up with Bloodworth, we get one blood point. All right. So in last place, he agrees with us that uh, Gen A, the NES and Master System, are at the bottom. Blood points. Yeah, we get blood a blood point. We get a blood point, Excellent. baby. Yeah. Next, guess what? We get another blood yeah! point! Yeah! The PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, and Switch. He has, uh, in second to last place, Oh, oh my God. Brad, um, your Switch yeah. gave us another yeah! blood point! We are all lined up right now. Yes. Uh, Bloodworth had the 360 PS3 Wii on there. We wouldn't have gotten that blood point were it not for that Bradley Ellis Switch. And then, we, the train keeps on rolling.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fourth blood point! Uh, he has the PlayStation N sixty four and Saturn at third, so it comes down to Sick. the final two. Uh, Flip it. We don't get a blood. Yeah, point. I knew yeah. it. I knew we it don't get a blood. The blood train is yeah. over. The you blood, the blood train is over. He's In second place, <laughs> he has the Dreamcast, PlayStation two, Xbox, and GameCube.
3: All right, we we're pretty close. We
0: we're very close. And then at the top, he has the sixteen bit area, the Genesis SNES. To I am going to look at the other list that he gave me. The first one? The first one. Okay. And see how it is different. It looks extremely similar. What did he switch? Maybe switch one around. Oh, uh, in this one he had flipped the 360, PS3, and Wii. So he had 360, PS3, and Wii in the second to last. Mm Mm-hmm. But he switched that for the current generation. So second to last. Gotcha. Matches up with ours. But otherwise, it looks exactly the same. Cool. In both, he had the sixteen-bit being in the number one spot. Still, I think for the first ever game fiesta, getting four blood points, you're gonna have a good Christmas.
1: It's a blood fiesta,
0: That's a good yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see. Maybe, maybe I, I can talk to Bloodworth and we can uh, do something with those blood yeah, points. I'm in Not this. sure. Not sure. Uh, but we are going to move in to the final segment of the show. Still want to get your feedback. I still want to do viewer questions. We're going to do some emails. Our first email, as soon as I pull it up, will come in. Oh, my God. iPad. What an (laughs) awkward transition. iPad, baby. iPad. It's slow. I asked for a new iPad, so maybe it will get a little bit faster. This this iPad is like five or six years old, Mm. I think. It's very old. And I'm logged into the wrong email account, so now you have to watch me awkwardly switch into the right email account. How many Gmail accounts do you guys have? Two. I think I have like six.
2: Yeah. Jeez.
0: Because like when I was freelancing, I was like, oh, okay, I need a more professional email. Gotcha. And yeah, and then I've got different accounts for different shows that I run, and so all this stuff. Absolutely, yeah. All right. Our first email comes in from Brandon. He says, Hello, everyone. While doing some aimless channel surfing, the spot, the TV spot for Fallout 76 played, and after all the backlash Bethesda has been receiving for the game, both now uh, formerly Battleclar Studios and Bethesda themselves, uh, I was wondering if it was a good move to continue, mo- continue promoting the game that, as of this time of writing, is still in an unacceptable state. So... How long should a game continue to be advertised if it is being received so poorly? And conversely, how long should it keep going if it's a critical success like Red Dead Redemption 2, Spider-Man, and God of War? Have a happy holidays, New Year's, and as always, thanks for taking my question.
2: So they were said channel surfing, so they saw it on television? Yeah. I mean, one thing to consider is that, um, like, ad buys or for a set period of time. Right. right? Um, and unless there is some kind of, like, violation or mandate by, like, here in the U.S., like, FCC says something, that FCC again, Ben. It's back. Yeah, it's back. It's back. <laughs> um, yeah, we rank you, stuff. Yeah, yeah so usually once the, the the contract's inked and everything, it's happening. Like, that, those ads are running and stuff. I mean, they got to show something. So they probably paid for a month of – advertising on a channel and stuff at certain slots and the, the, they paid their money so it's like they could pull them but the company's gonna sell the space to another person you're just wasting your money i mean it's not i guess there's, there's not much you can do about it at that point once you like bought all that so sure it, yeah it might be out of their control for those but in that fall 76 position i'd probably cease all, Wouldn't renew any kind of marketing for that game at the current point until things are figured out and resolved just because you're just drawing more attention to, like, a bad situation.
0: A big reason I pulled this email is because I had kind of an informative experience around the time that Fallout 4 came out. Um, And I went home and I was talking to a bunch of people that like weren't super connected into games, but were aware of Fallout 4 and very excited about Fallout 4. I mean, these are people that are only playing a couple of games a year. Mm -hmm. And I think Skyrim just had... Well, and Fallout 3 as well. Fallout 3, Skyrim had so much success that it kind of put them on like a GTA level where uh, people were who don't play games are going to play these games. And so I had to wonder, like, outside of our bubble, is the panning of Fallout 76 reaching those people? Or are they still excited by the idea of an online Fallout? Does the name Fallout still kind of command that much attention? Or did a lot change after Fallout 4 Mm -hmm. for those people?
1: Hmm. I think, like, this is, like, the first big misstep for the series. Like, obviously the series has ups and downs, but I feel like... This is the first huge one so a lot of people might not know yet. I think by the time the next fallout comes around people might be a little more cautious about it right okay
2: yeah I, I do have to wonder that's, yeah outside of our sphere how much you know this really matters to some people but I do think and Bethesda is probably looking at this and like they could write this one off because yeah. of their history Just like yeah. this yeah this is our misstep okay we, we screw this one up. Sorry, you know, but guess what? Just have to follow up with a Fallout 5 and make it amazing and everyone will, I mean, not everyone will forget, but everyone will, like, forgive and be like, yeah, f- never mind that Fallout 76, you know, experiment. It was whatever. I wonder if there's any
0: chance of Bethesda doing a New Vegas sort of situation where it's like, listen, we're we're focused on Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six, hmm. but let's kind of shepherd another studio and work on a new, maybe, single-player Fallout game as maybe not a make good, but to kind of not Full have of, it be like like 10 years exactly, until we get the, the next the Fallout game. The sting game. of
1: Fallout 76 being the last thing for a long time. Yeah, right. that'd be bad. I mean, I could see that they've done it before. They just yeah. got to find the right studio. Like, they could maybe, like, what if uh, the team that does, like, Doom just makes the next Fallout for some reason? Like, I want you to keep making Doom, but I'm just saying, like, what if a studio like that took sure, over? Sure, 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 sure. Or like Arcane, you know, who did... Um, I would love to see... Like, the Dishonored games. Like, oh, they'll do the next Fallout or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be
0: very cool. I think Arcane, in particular, would be an I think they'd be bit. awesome at it. All right. Uh, next email comes in from Jared. Uh, Happy holidays, Ben and I'm not sure if this episode will sneak in before or after the holidays, but I want to ask you about your favorite Christmas gaming memories. Uh, if you... have been following us since the Game trailers days, you know that we did a list talking about this. But still, very good question. Whether it's the moment of pure joy when my siblings and I got our N64 and Mario 64, or the year of Pokemon for me in 1999 when I got Pokemon Yellow, or even my shock of getting a GameCube instead of a PS2 one year. (laughs) (laughs) I've had quite a few memorable video game moments over the years. I loved my GameCube, by the way. Uh, so what are your favorite and most memorable holiday video game moments? What is your favorite game to play over the holidays? I always seem to find a way to get back into Halo with my little brother around the
1: holidays, even though I rarely play it anymore. Favorite game gift I ever got was my Super Nintendo with A Link to the Past in it. That nice. was like the god tier
2: gift. Like, I don't think that would be top for me. Uh, Damian, how about you? Yeah, I, I mean, I only have one because actually I've, I only got a... Uh, a game system once on, on for holidays, and it was Super Nintendo as well. But nice the launch one. Uh, yeah, I was, got mine later. Came with like yeah Super Mario World, and I got like one other, two other games. Pilot like, Wings, F Zero, and Pilot Wings. I want to say I got, and my cool. brother got a. My, they bought a tennis game, Super Tennis. Oh okay, played that as well. I mean, yeah, we played I mean, the yeah. heck out of yeah. all yeah. those games. You take what you can get, man. Yeah, oh, yeah you play, play what you have. We played that Super <laughs> Tennis yeah. a lot of it. it was, it was fun stuff.
0: Uh, I I told this story in the video, but uh, it's still true. The best Christmas present I ever got and will ever get was the PlayStation 2. Not just because it was a PlayStation 2, but because at the launch of the PS2, the new stories, like the the sensation was, you can't get this system. Mm -hmm. It'll be sold out everywhere. The Wii was the same sort of thing, where it was just impossible to get your hands on a playstation 2 or at least that's what my parents told me and what i was reading and what my friends were telling me and so i believed it and so going into that christmas it was like this is the only thing i want um but i understand if they can't get it that's that's a totally reasonable thing Mm -hmm. and i remember the entire christmas celebration happened everyone had opened up their gifts and i was still young enough that, like, I was trying to be mature, and I was like, hey, Mom and Dad, thanks for, like, the great Christmas, and tears were building up in my <laughs> oh. eyes. Not because I was mad at my parents right. or or was throwing a tantrum or anything, but I was, like, trying to be mature about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, kind of just sad, like, slight disappointment, couldn't fight off the disappointment, running back up to my room, and I had my own little Christmas tree, and there was another gift under there. And they, they didn't... They were like, hey, this is... When we were opening up the other gifts, they were like, "Sorry, this is all you're getting." Yeah, I was like, "No, it's cool. Thank you for everything." Like, I don't know if I've ever been happier in my life, man. (laughs) Like shredding off that paper like a ravenous beast. It was
3: parents. The
0: parents trolled me perfectly. Yeah, like oh man, writing off that high forever. Um, but getting any game console for Christmas. Always very, very, very mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, as I would get older, I would, like, recognize, like, okay, this gift is wrapped in the shape of a right, game. yeah. And getting excited about that and, like, separating them into, like, okay, this is the game pile. Yeah. And so that would be really cool. Um, but also, I think another big gaming memory for me, and maybe this is true for you guys, is... Um, getting a game and playing it with people that you don't get to see very often. So like cousins and stuff, that would always be really hype for me is like, Oh man, you know, I only get to see you guys once or twice a year. It's cool that we get to share, Mm -hmm. you know, any games at all together or showing you this stuff or you showing an interest in it. So I always appreciated that too. Awesome. Our very last email, as we look ahead, early 2019 predictions. This comes in from, uh, might pronounce this wrong. I believe it is, uh, Yugo, Yugo, yes, I hope I pronounced that right. If I don't, let me know. Hello, Allies, the year is almost over, and I feel like this time we already have more AAA games with set release dates for next year than previous industry standards. Shoutouts to Shenmue 3, August 27, 2019. Hmm. With that, I would like to suggest a prediction round for what you expect for the games that we know are coming, or even new announcements for 2019's first quarter. Yugo uh, predicts, I predict people complaining about Kingdom Hearts 3 only having a 60 to 70 hour campaign. Uh, he also predicts that Sekiro being the best selling from software game, bringing new players mm-hmm. to the Souls-like genre because of its less its less dark tone and aesthetic. Oh, it's dark. Don't worry. Also predicts uh, Anthem will be the first smooth EA released in a long time. Oh. Uh, that Days Gone will be actually good and that Metro Exodus will have a day one patch 1. 1.5 times bigger than the actual game. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so
1: from uh, you guys, do you have any expectations for 2019? Uh, I expect Shamu to get delayed. Again? Ma- not Maybe not that long, though. Like, maybe a week or two. Brad, that's uh. a rough first prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, not said, it's believable.
2: I just, I'm just i just
1: feeling it. Like, yeah. I don't want it to happen. Yeah. I don't want it to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm Woo. with you, man.
2: Yeah, it's doozy. Uh, I, I bet by by the end of 2019 we'll have confirmation that Final Fantasy VII Remake is not coming out on current-gen platforms. That's right. Like, that Band-Aid will be ripped off at some point. Yep. At either at E3 or probably more likely at a, probably a PlayStation 5 reveal event at some point in the year, I would guess. I bet a new Legend of Zelda game
0: will be announced next year.
1: Oh! Yeah, It's. Oh,
0: Pretty safe bet.
1: Ooh,
2: baby. It
0: is a safe bet. We gotta get we gotta get dumber with our bets. We gotta, well, not dumber with our bets, dumber with our predictions.
2: Hmm. Um any bets on what that uh, spike in the second half of the year for Square Next is gonna be? They're, they're anticipating a huge sales bump in the second half of next year. What game could come out that it's not seven remake. It's strict no, that yeah. right now. So we'll oh, with with a new be. near game. New near game. Near three?
0: There's there's a new near being
1: worked on. Yeah, I believe. Other 2019 predictions? <laughs> hmm. A new Final Fantasy Tactics on Switch. I
0: th- hope Devil May Cry 5 exceeds sales expectations. <laughs> I think it will review well, and I think the hype from the reviews will shift interest to that game in an exciting way yeah I predict Metroid Prime 4 will come out in the
1: fall hmm I predict we'll see Bloodborne 2 2019 not out just shown or revealed in some way Brad I'm I want that to be true I'm kind of getting to a point where I think there is no Bloodborne 2 I don't think Sony is letting them walk away from that just yet
3: Okay.
2: Banjo and Smash will become a reality. <laughs> it's one of the DLC packs.
0: What makes you think that?
2: It's because how crazy Joker and Persona Five being in Smash Brothers. I'm starting to believe. I'm not ready to go back on the Goku train, but <laughs> I, can go, I can get back on board the Banjo train.
0: If the day that they if they were to announce Banjo Kazooie for Smash. That would be one of the best days to be on the internet. It won't last very long. Mm-hmm. So enjoy and it. And it will quickly turn into a hellish landscape. But for like this brief period of time, the Banjo being announced for Smash Brothers, you just want to like bask in
1: the gifts that will
0: come out from that announcement.
1: Well, it's like when Banjo Nuts and Bolts was announced. Everyone sure. just thought it was a new Banjo game and everyone's
2: was <laughs> like, "What?" Then everyone found out what it was and I'm like, oh. Ugh. I think we got to get an update we got to get a new capcom fighter announced i think this year what do you think it'll be i mean i don't think it'll be the next street fighter because i think five they're still supporting five through 2019 sounds like but uh it can can either be another marvel marvelous capcom revival like that rumor was or just a new versus like a or or another capcom versus Versus something something. well uh, it'll be a versus game i'm pretty confident
3: Hmm. I right. just want a Capcom. confident in like my gut. Just says, the whole
0: roster yeah. is Capcom yeah. characters. <laughs> Capcom versus the world.
1: Yes, Capcom versus Capcom.
0: <laughs> Man, I don't know what else to predict.
2: Oh, uh, what do you think? Here you go. What do you think the that Switch update's going to be? It's the Wall Street Journal oh. said a Switch hardware revision's coming. Do you want to go? Do you want to go bold and think it's like a significant update, or just to say, do you want to say it's a small, like insignificant update?
0: I don't know it. It's hard for me to imagine the the switch update being too severe. I feel like the switch is doing so well. Like, mm-hmm. what what hardware revision would they need to add to it that would be crazy? That would benefit it.
2: Mm-hmm. Something so that powerful. would be launching alongside with Pokemon.
3: 2019 <laughs> Like use
0: this version of the Switch to make your Pokémon real? I
2: mean, what functionality does Switch not have that it could technically use? Does, I'm not I don't like I don't think it's going to be a, I don't think it's gonna be a power update. Yeah. But VR. think of I don't know, maybe there's something it's more capable of doing that the current one isn't. Well, you got any ideas? I uh, I mean, I, I mean, no. Maybe my, <laughs> uh, sorry. It's I mean, okay. my, my my the cloud idea is like not dependent on the hardware. I think it's all like uh, you know backend server stuff. Like, start supporting streaming of any game, so like, oh. any game could come. But like, I don't think that needs a, a, a revision of the system, right? Um, at all. I could be mistaken on that. But I'm thinking of like you know something that a phone can do that Switch can't do. That like, it's uh, Pokemon Go takes advantage of or something that you know switch doesn't you know something like that could be you know something as simple as that and then you know obviously they're gonna update the chip so they can do people can't do the exploit on the switch yep. like that's the most obvious one yep but I, I have to believe it's gonna be more than that it can't be something stupid just like that like it can be i mean they have yeah it's like well, we're updating the, we're once again updating the chip to prevent any exploits and that's it everyone And it's gonna be a slim redesign like it's very small oh that was the thing—an all uh, no physical uh, cartridge version, all digital.
0: Hmm. I pretty much already buy Switch games digitally.
2: So they can make it smaller, and maybe a new yeah. new revision for like the Joy Cons. I hope they the new revision like just improves the Wi Fi in general, because the
0: the Wi Fi in the Switch is bizarre, where mm. like. It is the only handheld or system that I have where I take it into the next room and the Wi-Fi signal suddenly gets terrible. Oh, like the range shoot. on that thing huh. is not good for me. I don't know if that's just a me huh. thing or what, but I feel like Bloodworth has echoed the sentiment,
2: so I feel a little bit more confident in that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, I haven't paid too much attention to that. Maybe that's one thing. Yeah. I make this
0: prediction every year. I'm going to keep making it until it's true. Mother 3 will be officially released Ooh, in right. North America by Nintendo in 2019. You know I'll,
2: I'll jump on the dream train with you, Ben. Yeah. Revengeance 2. Revengeance
3: Being 2. Being this year. <laughs> Revengeance 2. Every year. Every oh, year. Funny, Revengeance dude.
2: 2. Do we think we'll see Final Fantasy XVI? There are 16? people who don't like
0: Metal Gear Rising.
2: That's okay. No,
0: it's not. It's okay. No, it's, I mean, of course it's okay.
2: But, but I just don't but they understand. Can't, they can't dislike the music. I like, don't tolerate no, that. I'm not. Yeah, if you, don't, if you dislike the music, we have problems.
0: But, uh, Brad, when I would uh, carpool to work with Damiani, oh, he, he yeah, would play yeah. Rules of Nature I bet. in the car. I feel like I would play it with me in the car. I feel That's like. probably <laughs> true. <laughs>
1: you don't know Damiani
0: unless yeah. you've been in a car with him yeah. and he's yeah. been playing Rules of Nature. You know, Guys, I gotta be honest, I feel like we gave some pretty lame 2019 predictions, yeah. but... We're saving them for the
2: official <laughs> 2019 prediction.
1: What?! <laughs> Throwing <laughs> into right the bus! I <laughs> said Bloodborne 2, and you're like, oh, that's crazy, and I said Shenmue getting delayed, and you're like, I don't know about that! Switch... The Switch update will be stronger hardware, just like from the 3DS to the new 3DS. Okay. Yeah.
0: I hope they call it the Switch X. Me too. Alright. The Switcher. Switch GT. That's what I want. This was a different episode of Frame Trap. Uh, Thank you so much, Bradley Ellis and Michael Damiani, for joining me. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's weird knowing that this won't go up for uh, weeks. But yeah, if you're seeing this, it's probably Christmas Eve or very close to Christmas Eve. I hope you are with family and friends. I hope you're having a good time. I hope you're playing some good-ass games. And we will see you with Frame Trap, always looking to improve it, and we'll hopefully make some big improvements in 2019. Uh, If you want to send an email, please email askeasyallies at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, so much for your continued support. It means a lot to me that you guys keep watching Frame Trap, that you keep getting excited about it, that you still want to get involved with it, and I appreciate that so, so much. We will see you in the new year. Love you guys. Peace out.